Hey everybody, this is Kenneth coming to you from the future. <laughs> I'm recording this message uh, the day after we recorded and released the Cyberpunk 2077 finale, which is up for all $5 plus patrons over at patreon.com slash normandyfm. But I wanted to take this message and put it before a few of these episodes that are coming out uh, between now and then uh, to let y'all know we are looking to record uh, another Q&A episode, which we have not done in several years at this point. I think the last time we did one was at the end of the Dragon Age season, and a lot has happened since then. Um, and there are a lot more of you now. So uh, we figured it was, you know, decent enough time to uh, re-up that and try and do another one of those. So I'm putting this message here in front of this episode and a few others that are going to be coming out between now and the finale of Cyberpunk, just so uh, y'all know ahead of time, because we're looking to record that Q&A episode probably in December, uh, if not January. But with the message I'm putting here, y'all can know ahead of time and know where y'all can send questions for that just giant mailbag episode. We've had uh, some of those last for several hours before, and so those are always a lot of fun, and we always love to hear from y'all. So if y'all want to send in a question about, you know, about the show, about the video game industry from uh, our perspectives as reporters and critics uh, that have spent many years in this industry at this point, yeah, y'all can throw it out there, or just, just about anything, any, anything within reason. Yeah, feel free to send that to normandyfm at gmail, and we will dump them all into a giant mailbag and go through them all in one long episode. But uh, yeah, until then, the Cyberpunk season will continue to roll out uh, bi-weekly for the public feed. Uh, the entire season is available now to anyone that has subscribed to the Patreon with five or more dollars. Thank y'all again for all the support, and let's get back to our journey through Night City. This is Kerry Uridine, and you're listening to Normandy FM Cyberpunk 2077 Retrospective. Welcome to another extra special, extra wonderful cyberpunk episode of Normandy FM. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Van Allen, joined by Kenneth Shepard. Ken, how you doing? I'm good. We're at the, the best part of the game. The 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 possible best part of the game. As I thought you I thought the your real favorite game part starts. of the game was Carrie. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, he's gonna be here. He shows up finally. We're, we're at the emergence of your favorite part of the game. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Well. Joining us for what could possibly be the best part of Cyberpunk 2077, we have the one, the only, Tim Rogers. Tim, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I got a bit of a headache, and uh, you know, however well one can be doing in this dystopia in which we live, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This that's very Cyberpunk that is, of you to have mm-hmm. a headache for this. This yeah. dy- dystopia <laughs> that is uh, slightly no, much less interesting than the one portrayed in Cyberpunk media. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it's just not as funny most of the time. You see the TV commercials when you're in the DMV, you know, they're not as funny as they are in RoboCop. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They like they get like 90% of the way there, but that last 10%, which I believe is uh 
uh, Verhoeven would describe as self-awareness is mm. uh, is essential to making them actually funny. That's just not a world uh, for people right now. You nope. know, it's a world for that lizard man species with the ultra yachts is what it is. Uh, that's a topic for another day. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's I. I believe we don't need to talk too much about just to get it out of the way. Um, no, uh, there's there's no no good cops. Um, mm -hmm. What else? What else? Uh, communism rules. Uh, okay. I don't know. Uh -huh. what, like just uh, get all that stuff out of the way before we start talking about uh, Johnny Silver <laughs> Johnny Silverhand, <laughs> who uh, who does not he, he Johnny Silverhand uh, was a man who fell from grace uh, uh, for love, I suppose. Mm. You know. It's convenient for him. Uh, he found politics because uh, because of a girl. You know, not uh, not for any other reason. Um, I guess we'll be getting into that. Yeah, I suppose I, we'll be getting into that. Uh, that's a, so. Is this the best part of the game? I believe was the question you just asked me two seconds ago. Yes, uh, you didn't ask me that question. Yes, I believe this is the best part of the game. Um, and uh, and I, I I can tell that you all like Carrie. Um, I know you're doing a separate episode about Carrie. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Probably, mm -hmm. right? That's probably your yeah, next yeah, one yeah. after this, right? The next mm -hmm. one after this is going to be Ken's Carrie Power Hour. Is what I just want to say, in, in my heart, if I, you know, whatever that means, um, mm -hmm. I, I consider the Carrie part uh, uh, seamlessly, inextricably grafted to the Johnny Silverhand part. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, because, mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, from a purely game mechanical perspective, it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you need to do the Johnny quests in order to access the carry quests. It's uh, mm -hmm. it, it's that simple. Um, though also, just spiritually, um, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they, they follow the same sort of themes. Because you've got, you know, just top down, just bird's eye view. Johnny Silverhand is about a guy's midlife crisis, right? Where mm, mm. Uh, in the middle of his life, the the event that occurs at the middle of his life is literally he died, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Right, which is you know a classic. Uh, you know, don't we all? You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's a uh, uh, he died at the middle of his life, and his quests are largely about him uh, letting go. There's just you know, I mean, it, it's it's a ghost story in a way, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, a technological ghost story. If only there were a a famous piece of cyberpunk science fiction with the word ghost in the title that we can mm -hmm. reference here. Mm -hmm. um, th there's, it's, it's a, it, is a, it is a science fiction ghost story where the ghost has to, has to release his earthly connections, right? Mm. So, I mean, that's, mm. that's my big picture understanding as an aspiring fiction writer of sorts. When I, when I looked at the whole body of the Johnny Quests afterwards with my uh, literary critics hat on, at mm -hmm. the at the very end of the playing experience, I'm like, oh, it's just it's a little ghost story, you mm -hmm. know, and in inside that little ghost story, Johnny is characterized well, he is performed well, he is integrated well with video game mechanics are all plugged into all the correct little telephone operator switchboard portholes, um, like he's a it's all just a, it's the best Johnny content. It's the best Johnny execution. It's the best Johnny concept. It's uh, the his whole side quest chain. It's almost like they just knew they were going to have Keanu Reeves in their video game when they <laughs> when they conceived and plotted out that part. Um, 
and I say that uh, as a little a little bit of a joke, though also as a, uh, I mean, he's just kind of uh, both Beavis and Butthead uh, mm. in many, many other parts of the game. I think you all have perhaps noticed and latched on to the idea that he tends to say some uh, uh, tasteless, boring stuff that we could describe as out of character if his character were ever given any chance to, to flower into something mm. in the story. The fact that his... 99% of his development as a character is so okay prior to his side quest chain what we experience from him is simply lore building and backstory right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm sorry he, if I'm laying all this out in too no, didactic a manner before we no, begin talking good. about he, it he's like the so, Joker from, from Arkham Knight right like he's kind of like following you around and like commenting on a lot of things but we haven't had like a big Johnny dive yet we haven't yeah. had like long periods of time outside of that one yeah. Ballad of Buck Ravers, I think it was, where, yes. where we really get to spend time with Johnny specifically. And they build... Okay, so so prior to him kicking off uh, his side quest chain, prior to that, he is he's just lore. He's a larger-than-life figure who happens to be mm -hmm. trapped in your head. He's the Joker. You know, he's <laughs> both Beavis and Butthead. He is written by... This is important. He is written by multiple writers mm, right mm. he is a stack of comic books you know he's uh i used to read daredevil comics when i was a kid there was a whole arc where daredevil just didn't show up you know the human mm -hmm. torch is there and you'd get a shot of daredevil dead in a dumpster you know every couple of uh every like 12 pages you know he's he's like that he's like the, he's like dead batman basically is, mm. is what he is mm -hmm. right so uh he's he just he's showing up in in flashes he just pops in you know kind of uh shows up with that glitch particle effect which sometimes itself glitched and when, <laughs> when i played the game and uh you know he would just show up he would just appear just pop into existence without mm -hmm. the uh without the particle transition happening without his little you know matrix code lines except blue uh popping off you know his mm -hmm. ghostly aura um and he'd just show up and say a couple stupid things you know eat a couple of shoes you know mm -hmm. as i say you know he just he just he was just uh looking at shoes and getting hungry is that kind of guy you know that's I'm talking about putting his foot in his mouth right, that, right, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't translate <laughs> immediately uh, there's 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 a problem you you run into these kinds of problems when uh you know when uh, as a as a guy uh, as a person you've uh, you've been using the same uh, idioms your whole life that are mm -hmm. custom tailored to you you know eating a, eating a bunch of shoes you know sometimes people don't understand what i'm talking about when i say that i got uh, you that's the sort of stuff I usually leave out of my own content and streams and podcasts <laughs> because I don't want to have to, you know, try to make sure everybody understands that I'm not just saying weird stuff. I'm I'm saying weird stuff I've been saying for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, um, which is, I guess, a good part of, uh, it's like, you know, it goes away toward explaining the psychology of Johnny Silverhand as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so once we finally get Johnny, it's just a it's a cute little ghost story and it's well told, and there is a part that I think if I were writing some sort of, uh, if I were writing for the Paris Review or whatnot, to try to, uh, if, they, if they're accepting uh, submissions, uh, <laughs> critiquing video game side quests, um, the, the part in the junkyard is the part you'd, you'd jump off with, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, you, you've got to describe Johnny's quests non-linearly. Um, there's, a, there's a conversation in the junkyard. Y'all remember this? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? The conversation in the junkyard, where he's sitting, where you take him out to his grave. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, this is where I would start a literary critique uh, essay. 
uh, in medius res, I believe is the name of the technique. Um, I, I actually scrolled down to this part of your little notes document, right? So nothing here to signify that Johnny is there. Johnny just, uh, he, he gets there and he's like, it was almost like I was never here. You know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I'm not going to do a Keanu Reeves impression because, uh, I mean, if, if Keanu Reeves can't even do a Keanu I, I, Reeves I was going to say, it's it's not even a Keanu Reeves impersonation. It's a impersonation of Keanu Reeves impersonating Johnny Silverhand, a tabletop RPG character. <laughs> a tabletop RPG character who's like, uh, what is he? It's like a rocker what boy. What if Elvis knew what anarchy was? Like something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Like like a weird mix of Rage Against the Machine, but also like '80s hair metal in a way. Like definitely, watched... yeah. He's uh he's uh, the genre of his music is not what one would expect. Uh, reading the tabletop RPG, but then again, no. you shouldn't really bring uh, musical genre related expectations into this. Uh, so so there's this conversation in the junkyard that has a lot of choices seemingly inconsequential and if you don't get all of them quote unquote correctly you can't unlock the secret ending of the game mm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. did you all both get the secret ending so and i can do it but didn't take it i've never oh, done okay. the secret ending i know of it but i've never gone for it it's uh it's pretty stupid <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty stupid. It's it's the same as the regular Johnny ending or the rogue ending, I believe. It's mm-hmm. the same as that one, except uh, uh, one of the characters who dies uh, doesn't die. No longer dies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a. Uh, you know, there's much to be said about the endings that I suppose you can you can say on your own episode of the podcast. That it's like whoever you call, basically, uh, there's a chance they're gonna die, and it's pretty good. Or somebody's gonna die. Uh, uh, not in the not to get far ahead of ourselves, but it reminds me a lot of like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines when you have that mm. like moment in the cab and you have to choose like which which route are you gonna go, and then the cab driver who is also just Kane. <laughs> The biblical cane uh is like but are you sure you want to do that are you sure you're okay with any consequences that come from doing that like is that the yeah. right thing you want to do and uh in in that respect i do think having the johnny stuff later on pop up does kind of help almost retroactively inform some of these conversations we have now because it's him learning that maybe he doesn't need to be completely selfish maybe he doesn't need to like make this completely about him at the end of the day which is what a lot of this quest line feels about is like johnny trying to be a little bit less narcissistic to some degree (laughs) and and to a large part i mean in terms of uh, as a feat of video game narrative design as a feat of Mm -hmm. science fiction writing um it's 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 difficult to pull off and it almost does it it gets so close to doing it to pulling off this redemption of johnny it gets so mm-hmm. close that i'm just going to give it to him i'm going to say they did it mm-hmm. like they all this beavis and butthead joker period i feel like you know we we to wrap up addressing the fact that prior to these johnny quests he is this larger than life urban legend mm-hmm. they do a good job establishing as him as an urban legend I feel like they could have mentioned him a couple more times more meaningfully before he gets lodged in your head. Um, the fact that the moment Jackie dies is the moment Johnny comes in. Really mm. neat. You know, mm. it's uh, it's creative writing uh, 201 there. 
you know, or maybe the 210 course. I don't know. It's, you know, I have a character enter, exit and a character enter, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, uh, you know, just, uh, and the fact that Johnny is not exactly a mirror or a foil of Jackie. I mean, he is a J that ends in a, an E sound, right? So he uh, he's, he's not exactly a mirror or of or a foil to uh, Jackie, but he is the replacement for Jackie, mm-hmm. right? So he's the replacement for Jackie, who is an impactful... Jackie's a good character. I like Jackie. He's a replacement for Jackie. He is... Uh, the 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 custodian of the second act of the game. He's the, uh, the 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 secondary narrator. You know, if we consider ourselves the primary narrator of the second act of the game, Johnny is just he's this Beavis. He's Butthead. He's Batman, and he's the Joker, um, mm. which is a, a heavy burden to bear. And uh, only a man who studied uh, martial arts under none other than Yuan Wu Ping himself mm. can shoulder mm-hmm. such a burden. That is Keanu Reeves, and I think he does mm-hmm. a pretty good job. I don't know. I think he does a pretty good job. So it's like he he ends up just uh, being this this little meta narrator for that whole second act, um, where his character, his person, his legend, his backstory, his lore is all integrated very very uh, finely into the narrative. Um, v has a pressing issue, which is get this thing out of my head so it doesn't mm-hmm. kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of Johnny as a person who lived, you know, to use a, the, the vocabulary phrase from my big brother when he talks about uh, when he talks about Big JC, uh, as a person who lived, uh, his uh, his his, uh, his his having been a person who lived is very integral to that, but only in a way that you can glimpse via hindsight when you get through his quests. So you get to his quests and. He's there's a point where he's he's such a jerk to you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, uh, like when uh, when uh, you you kick off the Judy quests, right? And uh, you've got Evelyn, uh, you know, d- 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 tragically passed away in a bathtub, right? Mm-hmm. And Johnny's like, oh, let's get away. These people suck. Uh, always bringing me down, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, okay, Duke Nukem. You know, like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> uh, it's like he's he's trying to antagonize uh, anyone who uh, bears good taste, right? And mm. it's like mm-hmm. when you get to the emotional core of the Johnny quests, it's like, you know, it, it makes you glad you're not a writer of a video mm. game because it's like, ah, uh, you maybe you could have leaned into that. You could have made him worse, right? But I mean, how can you make him worse without? Because it's like you've got to redeem him now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And don't we love pulling somebody up out of a, out of the lowest possible low, right? In in a story, is that not good drama, right? So could right. we not have antagonized the player more? Could we not have had Johnny uh, be an obnoxious, uh, like he could be chiming in, you know, two K style? when you miss a shot it's like yeah. like yeah, you couldn't shoot that guy's head if it was the size of a barn or something stupid right <laughs> like couldn't he be commentating on your your gameplay couldn't we have like what are what are the the myriad ways we could have made him more annoying while also making him more keanu reevesian while also making him uh, more gameplay integrated like like we need to if this whole quest is about redeeming him right. it's like i feel like his nature prior to the kickoff of his quest is childish, 
and uh, kind of annoying, but not in a way that makes me really feel like I personally, as a person role-playing the main character of this game, it doesn't feel like I personally am wagering anything. You mm. know? Like, like when he says, there's this thing I need help with, so, uh, uh, you think you can help me out with this? Right? When he finally, like, in humility comes to you, Right. After the third of these tape, is it tapeworms? Is that the name of the quest? Yeah, tapeworm. The third tapeworm quest where you wake up with him in the old apartment. The tapeworm Mm -hmm. quests are very nicely positioned as uh, capstones to the uh, the narrative threads Mm -hmm. going that are going in act two. I think act two's, I mean, just a master class in AAA video game structure. It's almost like millions and millions of dollars can uh, buy you something pretty good. If you bang your head against it long enough, uh, it's just very nicely structured that that one tapeworm quest comes at the conclusion of one mm-hmm. thread. The next one comes at the conclusion of the other. The third comes at the conclusion of them both. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'm not. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like when he when he comes to you in humility, when he finally has this moment of humility, he's like, oh, I want to show you something. You want to come take a look at it. Right. And uh, that's my Johnny voice for the duration. of this. So he's a uh, he, he brings you into this apartment. He shows you his uh, his stuff. And he's like, you think you can help me out with something? I just kind of want to, maybe I want to go on a date with this girl I like, right? Like, maybe Mm -hmm. I should finally talk to her because I never really got to talk to her, right? And it's like, there's a moment where, again, you know, I mean, when when we talk about big payoffs and big opportunities in, in, in fiction writing, um, usually that, that comes, you know, with the caveat that you got to write it, right? Like, uh, you, you can't write for the payoff. You know, the work is how you build up to it. I do feel like the, the payoff would have been supreme had I been like, man, I don't want to help this guy. Instead of the way I was, was uh, Keanu Reeves is cool. Uh, mm. I guess, I guess I'll, I'll do this because, uh, I want 100% this game, and I bet it's going to be cool. Yeah, right? it's, it's a quest to do, which is, like, the only thing that you really can do in Night City. Yeah, before exactly. We, before we started podcasting, exactly. we were talking a bit about this, that, like, a lot of what you do <laughs> in Night City is just quests. And, Ken, I'm sure, like, you probably got some thoughts about, like, you know, the fact that this is this is kind of carrying forward this idea of is Johnny going to be redeemable at this point? Like, are we, are we at a point yeah. where we feel like we want to redeem Johnny? Yeah, and I think it's the interesting thing. I mean, I think I like a lot of the broad strokes of the Johnny Quest. My my thing I came away from it thinking was it feels like it puts a lot of the carpet before the horse in some places. Like this, this conversation mm-hmm. we have in Tapeworm, he's like, would you take a bullet for me? And I was like, I, now? You want me to do this now? Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like that, that's the question you ask at the end of yeah, all like, of these when, questions. When, when, do you, when do you want a bullet? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and like, I think... You know, that question feels more earned by the end of these quests, but, like, you put it right at the front, and I'm like, I don't feel like mm. we have established this rapport and this relationship. We have had, you know, meaningful discussions like we had, like, after, you know, the Voodoo Boys and after we found Hellman, and, you know, we're getting to learn more about him, but, like, okay, like, I feel like you're really asking me something that you haven't, I don't think feel like you've earned at this point. Um, but I did, by the end of all of this, feel like I, I feel like if I had been asked that question at the end, I think I would have been more... Uh, I think it would come around to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because like to do to do some table setting that we have been like putting off at this point for a little bit. Um, Tapeworm, as we were talking about, starts out with this whole like you are in the motel, you wake up, uh, Johnny is finally like wanting to have a heart to heart with you. He shows us the um, the the tags that he has from somebody that he lost in the war, I believe. Which mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point we also 
the nomads really... have talked about it a bit, but like the war yeah. is still kind of like an esoteric concept at this point. Like God, we've not there... really like touched on it too much. There's there's literally a Star Wars series on Disney Plus right now about the origin of one <laughs> of the guys from the origin story uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. of of the original Star Wars movie. If, mm-hmm. if they make a god darn Call of Duty like Corpo Wars game about <laughs> Johnny Silverhand voiced by Keanu Reeves fighting in the war, first of all, people fighting for the honor of corporations is uh-huh. such an incredibly masterfully depressing uh, notion mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that I feel like they could have they could have afforded to bleed it drier uh, in the, the mm-hmm. this cyberpunk. Like the fact that millions of people died and lost limbs. Uh, defending, like fighting in uh, armies sponsored by corporations is incredible, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Uh, but yeah, we haven't heard Johnny mention it at all, right? Right. And mm. If they make a goddamn cyberpunk, colon, Corpo Wars, and Keanu Reeves <laughs> is back, and he's on stage, and uh, he's finally got a long enough beard that uh, everybody on Twitter says, is Keanu Reeves getting old? Uh, like uh, finally like somebody's gonna start saying that at some point he just needs it's, like more of happen a, eventually yeah more of a david letterman looking beard he, it's gonna mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like uh uh i i stopped shaving about two months ago um i'm gonna tell you because uh, uh i'm i'm you know i'm, I'm starting to get old mm-hmm. just don't mm-hmm. don't tell anybody that cut this out of the podcast just don't, don't, cut, it. Just, <laughs> right, no, don't cut it out you leave no, it, leave no it one can know that just, we're old just leave, just leave it just leave it in there i'm a I'm I'm 43 years old and I think I see it. I think I see uh you know I I think I I think I I think I understand the why my dad goes to like the driving range. Mm. I'm starting mm-hmm. to I'm starting to see it, dude. Mm-hmm. Just a a place to wear comfortable pants. Mm. You know, my mm-hmm. pants are so much bigger now than they were 20 years ago. They're huge. I'm wearing these big old pants now. <laughs> and they're they're so good. I'm not even kidding. Like and I can't tell any. I, I don't know what your what your <laughs> age group of your audience is, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, Keanu Reeves is getting old, but he's gonna play young Johnny at some point. Is what I'm saying. I, he's gonna he's gonna voice young Johnny. I, uh, I'm yeah. enraptured by the idea of Keanu Reeves in like an E3 presentation, like leaning down, like get out of that trench, samurai. We've got a war to win for Arasaka and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, Arasaka, oh, we gotta win. If Wait, I get out of this, I'm making a against band. Arasaka. But anyway, we, we we know he was in the war as all you know able-bodied men of that era were mm-hmm. apparently right. All strapping young, you know, glistening muscular men of that era mm-hmm. fought in that war, and that that certainly describes a young Keanu Reeves to a T pose. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, like he like he was in that war as a matter of fact and as a matter of course, but like it's never meaningfully referenced by like anybody in the story. Um, mm-hmm. We have bartenders with prosthetic limbs, mm-hmm. right, and all in a middle age, right. But they weren't mm-hmm. in the wars because they'd have to be like ninety years old. But is life expectancy longer in this era? It is right because. Hanako Arasaka is what, like 120 years old? Right, that's right? that's like corpo life. That's different from yeah, like corpos, what Johnny yeah. Silverhand gets. Yeah. yeah, so Johnny Johnny is uh, is fully midlife crisis mode. Mm, absolutely. How old was How old was he when he died? Do we know that? Oh god, he was. Is it? Is it I, I want to say like stated? 50-ish. Sounds right to me. But so he was he was 50 and he was going through a third adolescence. Uh, I'm gonna double check. Judging that judging by sure. the. Judging by the sound, uh, uh, the just judging by the sound texture of his music, it sounds like he that was that sounded like about a third adolescence. 
Uh, oh, he was I'm only on my second. 34? Right 34? <laughs> that, that adds up because I, I know not 89. We can't well, do Keon. this again because we already had Final Fantasy X with Orin, who is this old gray fox, but is only like 32 or something. And now we have old shoot Keanu, who's only 34. <laughs> we, got, we got to shift to the paradigm. I'm tired of people uh, popping into my Instagram and being like, oh, you're 40? Uh, oh, no, I'm 43. Like, you're 40? You look like you're 25. No, I don't. What do you goddarn think a 25-year-old looks like? Lord, a 25-year-olds look like they're made of goddarn styrofoam. You mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I remember, okay? Uh, I didn't even need to uh, moisturize my face at that age. You know? Like, uh, oh, no. come on, guys. Like, uh, but then, you know, we, we have this thing uh, where you, in fiction, we have a guy who's 34 who's played by... Uh, nigh 60 year old Keanu Reeves right mm-hmm. and it's like yeah I mean Keanu is uh, exceptionally as well preserved as any human uh, of any type should ever should should ever dream of being right um, mm-hmm. uh, I believe he's just he's a paragon of health and uh, the it's skin a portrait care. of him somewhere yeah <laughs> right he's a paragon of health and skin care he's a he's a <laughs> he probably eats an impeccable diet and has just a wonderful workout regimen we can't stress enough that he was trained in kung fu under Yun Wu Ping for the mm-hmm. game for the for the mm-hmm. movie The Matrix mm-hmm. and then after that he kept training and he trains to this day Mm -hmm. he has been training daily in uh in in mark the martial arts for 20 years now because he had such a good time playing that character in the matrix that is that is awe inspiring um if only there were anything in my life that uh, were in any way similar (laughs) to that right it's like uh it's 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 inspirational isn't it Mm -hmm. it's uh Mm -hmm. that's if only you know if only we were all you know multi multi multi-millionaires and we could all afford to do something like that, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, train in martial arts two, three hours a day. Uh, what are we talking about? Johnny was in the Corpo War. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we finally hear a meaningful reference. This is a buddy I lost in the war, mm-hmm. right? He gives. He's us got these the tags are... still. He's got the dog tags. Well, yeah. He doesn't have them. They're in like a like, God, was it like a vent or something? Yeah. It yeah, felt alarmingly modern a... for for what it was. Yeah, a little no country for old men uh, kind of a bent, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to get some tent poles in there, right? You know, mm-hmm. what kind mm-hmm. of tent do you want? The one with the most poles, right? <laughs> so, uh, God, what a movie. Um, anyway, so you know, you get the thing out of the vent, and he's like, "This is my buddy I lost in the war. We all lost a lot of stuff back then, right?" And he's like, "Think mm-hmm. you can help me with something to get a piece of my past, right?" So he like he he becomes vulnerable there. Mm-hmm. Right, is I believe what the performance is attempting to communicate, uh-huh. um, and and he's immediately like, I want to like, I I'm cool. I want to give up the body. I don't want the body. It's yeah, like he he tells you that. Yeah, yeah. So he tells you that, and this is the payoff moment. Mm-hmm. This is the payoff moment. So the reason we, uh, you know, if anyone's listening and thinking that uh, I I talked too much about the second act of the game, uh, the second act is over, as of mm-hmm. this moment, mm-hmm. right? Start of so this is, right here. Yeah, this is this is the end of the second act. You now obtain if you uh, if you're a, a freak who doesn't turn the interface off. <laughs> That's a joke about uh, you're a freak if you turn it off because it becomes impossible. You, I'm turning that mini map on every 30 seconds because uh, you know when I captured the footage for the game, I had to have all the stuff off on the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you have the stuff on, you've got that uh, go see Hanako, right? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. like now plastered onto your screen, and uh, um, 
I believe, you know, don't, you know, this is just uh, ballpark figures here. I believe that Go See Hanako notification is now going to be on your screen for the mm. majority of mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. time with this game, right? Mm-hmm. So we have exited gracefully the tunnel of main story, right? Assuming the player did few or no side quests, they have, they've now finished, like, assuming the player did few or no side quests up to this point and that they're, they're hungry to do a bunch after this, mm-hmm. um, the game doesn't lock you out of any side quests, right? No. No. Right? Okay. Um... Is there any that you get locked out of if you don't do them before so there, Act 3? I don't know if there's any... Ken, you would know better. There, I don't think there's any time-sensitive ones. There are ones, like... Because you had the one... Because you chose one option for Jackie's body, you didn't get heroes, right? You, you had right. a different... Not, at least not the, the version of it that everyone else did. Right, right. But yes, there's no yes. one that gets, like, completely locked out. Yeah, so there's there's... There's decisions you make that will have a little tiny you know, kind of a blip of impact later in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of... Uh, so, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, game developers get yelled at for not having sprawling, cascading, frisbee-esque uh, decision spirals happening in mm. their narratives. But then they also get yelled at when it's too much, right? So you it's don't like, want to be locked out of content, right? You yeah, want to, you yeah. Hundred percent. So, this game, yeah. I don't envy the people who had to work on the exact quest tree structure for Cyberpunk because they actually do a lot of. There's a lot of variants. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm a an absolute monster of a human being, so of course I did all of the options for Johnny's or Jackie's body and played out all of the scenarios and got to the endings to see all of the different scenarios for Jackie's body. There's the one where uh, you get to talk to his, his engram because Arasaka has stored him. Mm, they like soul killer him. Yeah. They yeah. soul killer him. Cause you give it to, yeah. And it's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Right. That's a neat thing to miss. But you know, there's, there's obviously the type of, of gamer out there. Who's going to gamer with a capital G who's going to see <laughs> that and be like, you know, I that shouldn't be gated behind. Uh, you're wasting my time. This is as bad as loot boxes. I got to play a whole playthrough. I want to see this content. You know, there's got to be somebody who gets mad that that's locked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, as of this last tapeworm, you can you help me out with something? Like moment, the the kickoff of the Johnny Ghost story. You have uh, it, assuming you've done a few side quests or maybe none. You can get here doing no side quests. Mm-hmm. There are side quests uh, that you you can't get locked out of any side quests. The heroes quest, the jo- the Jackie's funeral. I keep saying Johnny instead of Jackie. The Jackie's funeral um, quest is kind of so adjacent to the main quest line that it mm. it doesn't mm-hmm. really register as a side quest, right? Right. And it, that's that's a fascinating like wrinkle of this large uh, quasi immersive sim video game design that uh, you know can be tackled by somebody smarter than me. But it's uh, it's neat to have the idea of a quest that is a side quest, but not really, right? And yeah. I honestly think that you know you're talking about how there's little to do outside of side quests in this game. Um, I think a lot of the side quests, I view the side quests, I view this Johnny quest as so important mm-hmm. that if you choose the available ending and beat the game without doing this quest which you mm-hmm. can do, 
Right, mm. right. And I, I went to probably too much lengths in my own video review of this game to explain how I think that ending, the one ending that's available to you if you beeline, is actually really science fictionally impactful and appropriate. Mm. That one ending very, is very appropriate. Now, in order to unlock the other endings, you have to do these major side quest chunks right mm -hmm. stuff for and, the aldicados stuff for johnny and rogue like that sort of stuff yeah you've got to do all of those now the johnny the johnny and rogue and johnny quests are by far in my opinion the best and most interesting um and uh they're they're kicked off here so yeah anyway you're gonna have this go see hanako at embers uh just tattooed on your mm -hmm. oled mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. Uh, for the majority of your experience with this game. If you are playing this game to beeline through to the ending and you don't want to do any side quests, um, you're weird in a way I can't chill with, personally. <laughs> right? Like, I just, I, I just, I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's the... I, I hate to nominate any way to play a video game, a leisure mm -hmm. activity uh, mm -hmm. by nature. I hate to nominate any way to play a video game as wrong... But I do think it's wrong to play this game without doing some side quests. Mm, and mm -hmm. I, I would even extend that to say, of all the side quests, and here's where I'm, I'm hopefully bringing this, uh, sorry for getting this all off of the topic, hopefully bringing this back to the topic here. I think it's wrong to play this game and not do the Johnny side quests. Mm, mm -hmm. I think if you don't do them, you miss the core of, you miss the emotional core of the story. Mm. V being yep. a, a vessel for the player, maybe that's what V stands for, I don't know. V being a role-playing vessel, you know, a sort of a, a Mary Sue, Gary Sue, blank slate. Uh, being a bit of a, a blank slate, v, v has emotions that you, the player, are invited occasionally to provide. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to provide outside the, the game. But Johnny has them all internalized in the game. And we get to see, again, not a mirror, not a foil, but a juxtaposition in the emotional journey of Johnny in these side quests that should, if it's balanced uh, masterfully, it should uh, wow everyone with its its balance against V's emotional journey and the player's emotional journey. You get this this nifty little trinity there. And mm -hmm. I think it's, again, it comes so close that I would say it pulls it off. And I love these quests. And I, I guess now we should talk about them. Uh, Johnny <laughs> asks you to do something for him, and you can yeah. say yes or no, right? Yeah, he, he wants you to go. He's basically like, I'm going to give you the body. It's cool. But I want you to mess up Adam Smasher. Like, I I am not going to be happy if, he just wants if we revenge. don't get that. Yeah. And, well... He wants revenge. He probably wants some other things too, because he immediately then pulls like, "I also want Rogue there. Rogue will be down for this." And and the the uh, relationship yeah. between Johnny and Rogue is is very complicated and interesting mm. to dive into. But only I mean, in science fiction can you have a relationship like they have, which is, exactly is, you know, that's mm. again, you know, when you when you get to that as a fiction writing exercise, it's like what kind of romantic relationship. Uh, is essentialized in science fiction or is or is is the science does the science fiction genre essentialize right so mm -hmm. it's like uh i think i think that's real good that he wants her to be there revenge being the simplest motivator for a character he wants revenge he wants to see this guy die he wants to be in charge when the guy when the trigger's pulled mm -hmm. he wants rogue to be there to see it 
he wants this really it's not exactly a count of monte cristo level of meticulousness though he he, <laughs> he has a uh, he has this this pretty simple clean you know uh, gordon ramsay kitchen nightmares four or five uh, items mm-hmm. on the menu three or four flavors on the plate kind of revenge dish he wants to serve medium mm-hmm. lukewarm room temperature uh, right like uh he's got this concept in mind and he's like uh you think you can do this you can do this for me and again the player is asked to put emotions into saying yes or no and i feel like that's the only part that doesn't work is because mm. you know you're supposed to be like forget you dude you suck but i feel like nine out of ten players you know if i understand anything uh you know i haven't run a focus group i feel like nine out of ten players are just going to be like keanu reeves is cool and uh his side quests are probably the ones that they spent the most money on right you know, mm-hmm. so they're probably the the biggest triple uh, A's, most prestigious side quests in the game, and they are right. So, mm-hmm. yes, Ken how, Ken, how do you feel about that moment when like Johnny is finally going like, "Hey, can you do this one thing for me?" And and also like to to carry it forward into the next quest that starts up, we have to go to Afterlife, and then immediately he's he's going to talk to rogue but he is going to talk to rogue mm-hmm. he wants you to take the pills that that give him control basically which becomes like a running theme throughout these missions as you keep yes. taking the pills that give johnny control so how did you feel about all that ken i put a lot of ways because i mean it's been a running theme throughout the season that like v's autonomy is like a paramount thing that i like actually and you know in the the, the book of my role playing in this game like that is something that i'm very particular about whether it was mm-hmm. something as simple as like denying an alcoholic drink because I don't want to drink alcohol. And yeah. so when it leads with this thing, like, I, like you can say, I'll talk to Rogue, but then he's like, no, I, I would really appreciate that if you would let me do that. And it's going to you know come into what's coming up next where, like, I trust him enough because like, he he did save us here. Like, that was, I think, like, the one, the one thing I'll give him is that, like, in terms of, like, trying to establish a trusting friendship at this point, that's something that I feel like they succeeded in and being like, okay, Johnny had like the perfect window to take our body and he did not. And he was very clear in his intentions. So at that point I'm like, okay, if you're telling me that you're going to go talk to rogue and that's all you're going to do. Okay, fine. We can do this. Um, and I, you know, I was at that point kind of talk, like I'd been talking before, like how I, at this point very much viewed V and Johnny as both victims of circumstance. So I wasn't like blaming him for anything. So I was more trusting than, I guess I felt after what's about to happen, which we'll get to. Um, yes. But I, I do feel like they, they did manage to breadcrumb that particular through line well up to this point. It's, I feel like when you when you do give Johnny the control to quote-unquote talk to Rogue at Afterlife and he, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, what happens happens, right? Um, I feel like, you know, again, this was an opportunity, just speaking as a, as a game designer, with my game designer hat on. It's like they could have done something like a, deleted all the money from your inventory or whatever like uh, <laughs> like Johnny spent all your money or whatever like mm-hmm. like like there are there are ways to get at the player uh to actually kind of directly touch the real the real world person playing the video games uh experience in a way that they they could have been a little more playful with and I feel like they you know I mean again you know strictness for strictness's sake and game design is occasionally a pathway to your hate threads on Twitter. So it's mm. like, it's, it's definitely maybe not, uh, I, I feel like, so like up until that point, Johnny taking over your body, uh, was never anything the player 
as a video game player was made to fear game design wise right they mm -hmm. have these pills they give you the pills right mm -hmm. and it's like you can take the pills right you can take the pills to suppress johnny or bring johnny back but they're only ever used narratively um there was probably some sort of just whiteboard discussion of how do you use the pills mm. game in, mm -hmm. in the game, right? There's got like a have super been. meter, like, oh, take yeah. the pills and you become Johnny, but it might be like a permanent stat debuff or something like that, like yeah. a momentary power boost, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's all of that stuff that was it was definitely let's just let's just say we don't need to we don't need a fly on the wall. Uh, it was definitely whiteboarded at some point. That stuff was a. They were definitely like, yeah, we could probably incorporate this, and it was probably just burnished out as the game went on, and they obtained confidence in their presentation and uh, structure, which uh, you know, well earned uh, because it's it's pretty nicely. It did come nicely enough together, but um, yeah, you're just like Johnny's. Uh, you were given a couple reasons to. It, it's breadcrumbs, like you say. Like you're given a couple reasons to distrust Johnny, but uh, as a as an enjoyer of uh, of video game narratives. I owe it to myself to see what happens, right? Mm. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Johnny take over. Let's do it. Is is where I was at. I was like, let's see what this what this uh, freaky rocker boy gets up to. And, uh, yeah, and I, I don't. There was some... oh, good. oh, I was just gonna say I don't think they disappointed me with uh, how it went. <laughs> you mm. know, absolutely. Yeah, and I I I think like you know there were like maybe more interesting like game things. Like okay, like take all your money. You know, just something being like tangibly different in terms of the way you engage with the world, like as a player, that they could have done. But I think narratively and like in you know the the things that I established for my V up to this point that he would not do with his body, they hit literally every pressure point in the upcoming <laughs> sequence. They really, they really, like, did. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they really that's, did. that's pretty and, good. So I didn't drink alcohol so, either uh, in the yeah. game. Because I, I, I mean, lemonade know, not, connoisseur. Not to get too much into this, I don't drink alcohol in real life, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought mm -hmm. I think it's fun to take the option i don't i don't eat meat either uh, in mm. real life so it's like i i love i have this running joke that i've had my whole life of trying to play a video game vegetarian style a vegetarian mm. run of breath of the wild not mm. a whole lot of fun right uh i i became a carnivore about two hours into breath of the wild personally <laughs> right it's just like who cares just i'll eat the meat monster hunter can't play vegetarian in monster hunter either really uh, yeah i mean monster hunter is all about meat so I, it's a uh, that's interesting. Right? I mean, yeah, huh. I don't know. So it's like there's you know bonk for the the turbo graphics. Right. You'd right. be you'd be a fool to try to play that vegetarian. Though yeah yeah I was not drinking alcohol either. So the fact that V just starts drinking alcohol and popping pills, you know, I'm just like man. So yeah, they they get you there. It's mm -hmm. pretty good. And and Ken of course was not it's wild good. about the the macking on the ladies either. Yeah, <laughs> and and so and and so that that's the thing is like we we talked about like when we had the Mass Effect season like there was all these points where it feels like a lot of RPGs they are uncaring about what the player wants and like wants to their player their player characters to experience and do in the world. We're here, okay. They hit on all those points, but it feels like actually, you know, narratively relevant that it's a fun I've, sequence. I've lost put you in, yeah. Yeah, right, that I've lost my, I've lost control, and everything that I ever thought, like all these rules I had for myself, are suddenly thrown out the window, and mm -hmm. that becomes like a core pillar of my and this person Johnny's relationship because, like, okay, I trusted you once, and you have betrayed my trust in one way, and that's something that we're gonna have to like work through as we go through these quests. Is me kind of like getting to the point where, like, okay, I see, like, we see each other on this new level, and now I do, in spite of you know this whole mess, I am going to trust you and 
kind of like that that'd be like core to the relationship that johnny and i have because i think like and we, we talked about this in the past before is like as, i especially as i'm thinking towards the end of this game which we you know we don't have to touch too much on you're kind of like having to decide on different branching narrative uh paths that you're actually going to see through to the end because like the game is fairly bold and like not really exploring every other uh, like like not leaving every stone unturned like mm -hmm. like you you have to commit to something with what you want to see moving forward and establishing which relationships are important to you and for me all my feelings about you know visa autonomy giving it up multiple times for johnny and then like doing it once again at the very end all of that just kind of feels like a very important through line where I feel like if depending on how you're playing this game, those moments are, might feel less significant to certain players. It's, yeah, so it feels like Johnny's Bender sequence, right? Which mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure mm -hmm. people listening to this have either have probably played the game, right? That's kind of yeah, the it's that's book club usually stuff, the right? That is so, uh, yeah. I mean, nobody. I mean, we're 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 speaking about the part where Johnny says he wants to talk to Rogue. Come on, just let he me just in, man. He just wants to talk to Rogue. That's he it. He just That's wants all. to talk just to her. Quick and you conversation. Let him, he takes the pills, and then he has a night of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, he gets a tattoo. He uh, he drinks a bunch of alcohol. He hits on a bunch of girls. So it's like if you were playing as a, like a male V who's interested in men and uh, does not drink and uh, <laughs> uh, you know if you're like me in real life and you would you never want to get a tattoo. I think tattoos are a beautiful art form. Uh, especially like the cool Yakuza Japanese ones. I just could never figure out what to get on myself, so I'm never mm. going to get one, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, I'm never going to get, I can't think of anything I would want tattooed on me. I'm going to, I, I shall die unadorned, as, as mm -hmm. it were. Um, don't want to, anything to inter, interfere with my dermatologist's uh, regularly scheduled uh, uh, skin uh, screenings, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. I got a lot mm -hmm. of moles. And uh, uh, if you're not seeing the video feed here, a podcast listener, I'm quite white. Uh, I'm 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 a you know I'm a I'm a Nosferatu esque uh, uh, the skin tone uh -huh, uh -huh. so it's like I I do not wish uh, to uh, you know I, I don't want anything to get in the way of anybody spotting a potential tumor so like getting a tattoo where my only choice is which one do I want Billy Goat not, or the other one <laughs> yeah Billy Goat or the other one very good choices um you know I was like man I don't want to get a tattoo at all uh. Uh, you know and uh so yeah it's like for you uh you, what you're describing is it felt like this bender sequence was tailored to uh, uh just uh making you personally mad mm. right mm. and i mean that right. actually is, that's very powerful and interesting that it, yeah. that it hits that way but it's like even for me um you know i i was i was even like i oh, man johnny's really going for it you mm. know like mm -hmm. johnny's really he's really just kind of uh, he's going for it, and it's like you can kind of respect it because the guy wants to have a corporeal experience on Earth, right? Mm, you know, mm -hmm. he wants to have some kind of corpo corporeal Earth man experience uh, again. He wants to see what it's like. Um, and it's like you kind of can't blame him, but also, you know, dude, that's my body. Mm, uh, mm -hmm. But also, uh, you know, victims of circumstance, uh, he's going to get the body. It's going to be his eventually, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You're going to die. You're going to, like, you're going to be dead and you're not going to have the body anymore. So, you know, you're not going to be, you just, you might as well let him have it for a minute, right? Uh, uh, which is like, it, there's this interesting little conflict there. And it's like the fact that he's decided, he says he's decided to help you already. And the fact that you have several real life characters like Rogue telling you, don't trust Johnny. Johnny's mm -hmm. only interested mm -hmm. in himself. 
Johnny's never going to change in a meaningful way. He's never going to help you. You shouldn't uh, shouldn't go along with his nonsense, right? But he's already told you he's going to help you. Uh, he is going to give up the body. He's going to let you have it. Um, so even so, I was like, all right, if a tattoo and a hangover is uh, is what I my guy gets out of this, right? Uh, it, and, uh, you know, it, it, it feels sort of like a fair exchange, right? But it still somehow feels sleazy of Johnny to do what he does. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting that all of this culminates in us waking up and, and Rogue is there, right? And and yeah. we realize that all of this, in some bizarre roundabout way, has been Johnny's plan to get Rogue on board with what he wants to do, as well as like convince Rogue of the truth of like yeah. this is Johnny's engram in V's body, and. It's interesting because we've already had conversations with Rogue at this point. Like, Rogue is a character yes. that we know, but Rogue is one of the few characters who doesn't know. Like, they, they kind of always have that scene in the companion stuff, right? Of, like, mm. when do you tell the companion about Johnny? And do you tell the companion about Johnny? Uh, and this is kind yes. of the moment for Rogue. And uh, it's Johnny's bender both somehow serves as a way for him to get intel from that uh, mm-hmm. the scene where he's like they're walking out of a car wreck and Johnny's like by the way I need some info about a guy named Grayson he got any <laughs> and yeah so it's good absolutely ridiculous but also the master detective Johnny Silver exactly <laughs> it's accidentally stumbling his way into yeah. the information he needs um, yeah but he also the inspector is, gadget school of detective of, <laughs> of, of the detective arts yeah but he also needs rogue to believe it's him he needs you know yeah the the line she has about like i knew it was johnny when i saw that mean smirk like that's it's it's that mean mm-hmm. smirk that gave it away uh and i it, it almost made me like want to be able to punch johnny a little bit because mm-hmm. he's just like well, it all worked out great in the end, didn't it? While he's right. back in Ghost World and you are dealing with the world's worst hangover. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a really good segment that I think really does. It, it builds like, I like how you called it, Tim, this idea of like a ghost story. That like throughout this this sequence of events, like Johnny is going to keep taking over our body and doing stuff with it. And the first one, he goes on a massive bender and it's it's like, okay, he's he's living out his his dreams his fantasy and then it all somehow like works out for him in the end because it always does for johnny mm. it always works out great for him from his point of view um yeah even the, as even the time when he died even the time when he dies it's just <laughs> yeah. worked out to his benefit um but as we go further on we have to keep dealing his asks become more different like more personal and honestly mm. like sadder in a way i don't know we'll we'll get there but um we we do work with rogue and rogue decides that she's gonna help johnny out and and chase down this this guy who may have a connection to smasher because smasher is very um meticulous in who he engages with he he's he's very off the grid um it's also very funny that we're like touching on this topic now where as of recording like edge runners is very much in the discussion i don't know if you've seen edge runners yet i haven't watched it yet um Mm. it's 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 next on my schedule when we finish watching the season of the tv show that we need not name here that we're Mm. we're watching Mm. we're we're currently streaming through a tv show um Mm -hmm. uh that uh when when the season ends 
We have one more season after that. But when the season we're watching ends, we're going to watch Edge Runners. You ever get a have have something like that in your life where you're like waiting for one season of a show that aired mm. five years mm-hmm. ago to be over for you before you switch to the thing <laughs> that's out right now uh, uh, to uh, watch? Because I'm very much interested. Like, I lo- love Studio Trigger. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I think Cyberpunk 2077 has pretty good, uh, generally pretty good world building, and I'm invested in those characters. Mm-hmm. I'll watch an anime on that. I liked the mm-hmm. Animatrix. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. take it Edge Runners. Uh, I take it it uh, without spoiling. I think it slots pretty nicely into the whole main narrative, right? Like, uh, yeah, it takes place like I think a couple years before 2077. It's like 2075 or something like that. Oh, and yeah. they should uh, just call it, it Cyberpunk 2075. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking in my head because I was like, didn't they already have that? But no, I'm thinking of like Cyberpunk Red or whatever. Um, but it is interesting. We we talked about it in our previous like bonus episode that it really solidifies the idea of making Night City and Cyberpunk like a franchise and doing more in that world with Night City and in some ways like 2077. It shows that 2077 did an incredible job of creating like a visual language for Night City moving forward that Trigger makes really good use of. They they pull a lot of actual locales from the game and visual locales and so it's kind of cool to be like oh this vista that i'm seeing here in the trigger anime is the same one i can see in 2077 and it really like gives you this strong impression of oh they have like a world that they can kind of work around now they have you know they've they've gone from having the tabletop basis to being able to have like a visual language that they can work in with with night city and with cyberpunk um Mm-hmm. But that, 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 I won't bring up then why I think it's it's interesting to have edge runners <laughs> recent because of <laughs> spoiler reasons. But um, we we decide that we're gonna get together and uh, rogue after a day goes by because that's how so many quests in this game go. <laughs> um, after we wait the mandated day, uh, rogue calls us and says she has a lead on smash and we're going to meet up with her and she shows up and she's already got a jacket of johnny's a replica johnny jacket yeah all right yeah we're getting to my we're getting to my favorite stuff first Mm -hmm. of all uh don't you wish that in real life waiting a day would be like it is in cyberpunk which is uh pause the game (laughs) Yeah, and then go down to the, the clock, clock advance yeah. it, and mm-hmm. then immediately you're still standing outside the. It's like the a very, f- very Fallout or Elder Scrolls kind of thing in a game that like definitely takes some inspiration from those places. But <laughs> yeah, it's not like you have vats and cyber. I kind of wish you had vats and cyberpunk my, at some points, but oh yeah, um, and it is like this weird moment. My favorite, I think, my favorite uh, uh, tool tip in video game history is you cannot wait while in the air. Uh, when you when you pause uh, 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 Oblivion and choose to try to wait some time, you cannot wait while in the air. Because like if you're in mid jump, when you, I love that. My favorite favorite. That's maybe that's my top number one. We'll just say it's in the top ten. Though yeah, you uh, you wait a wait a whole day. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, you know it's just like you know. You remember MMOs? Seeing somebody playing EverQuest. Uh, remember there's still MMOs. Um, like uh, I remember seeing EverQuest for the first time and being like, "What are all these people standing around with the AFK?" Right? 
mm-hmm. that just what it is in the world of cyberpunk? Is V standing there with an with an AFK broadcast? It's just like, checked out. Yeah. A, a hologram that says AFK, on, uh, like hovering <laughs> above their head. And uh, God, I wish you, that was me. <laughs> like man, uh, like you know how like in Crackdown, the first time you die, they explain that they have clones of your body and they're just yeah. dispatching another yeah. clone. Wouldn't it be cool? I mean, you know, I I love little tiny throwaway one sentence world builds uh, in video games mm-hmm. to uh, to disguise game mechanics. It would be fun if they said you have a a security system or whatever that will uh, kill anyone who tries to pick your pockets or whatever right <laughs> yeah you're so like the batmobile like, or something yeah. yeah humans can just stand around afk uh <laughs> if they if they were to if they were to build a, a game mechanical uh, justification for that stupid little uh little little system it's immersion breaking first of all um that's a joke i don't really i'm not an immersion uh holy kind of guy but uh it, it's i think it's really funny to bury uh immersion breaking under like more immersion breaking right so <laughs> I, I just i think that's a funny notion to me but yeah you wait a day and now rogue is ready to talk to you mm-hmm. you go into the bar and you get uh my favorite mosey of the game i use the word mosey to describe any part of a video game where there's like a nice long slow walk that oh looks yeah. Good. Mm, so yeah. the slow walk of Rogue walking out of she has you know, a strut when she's walking. Mm-hmm. She's when got, Ken yeah. was watching me play, like I I was playing it and streaming it to Discord, and I remember Ken specifically remarking, "Look at Rogue's strut. <laughs> like, yeah, look at the way walks she walks good. in the afterlife." Yeah, she got some some real good cybernetic uh, uh, Achilles tendon uh, implants mm-hmm. or whatever <laughs> to uh, so that she can just maximally runway strut everywhere she goes. She's got a real good walk and. Uh, I'm not joking when I say that's my favorite mosey of the game. I captured it like 12 different times from different mm-hmm. angles, and I, I kept using it in my video. Because uh, when you're walking behind it, lighting is so good. You get the mm-hmm. ray tracing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get every everything ray traced and hot. I got like a 30 FPS version of it that is max spec. Looks really nice. Uh, you know, you, you're just behind her as she's walking her jacket. Her jacket is like so cool and reflective mm-hmm. as she walks mm-hmm. up and out and into the the world i got it at night i got it during the day right so uh just so i could use it but during the at night it looks the best because the way her jacket is reflecting like all the neon as she all the exits, neon lights mm. and stuff yeah, is, yeah. is beautiful but can't see the jacket when she pulls it out of the trunk at night which is a curse mm, of these really these, yeah it's it's a curse of these games that have day night mm-hmm. cycles but also rich narrative content uh, that the player needs to that the the game designers believe the player needs to experience it at uh you know in immersive ways so it's like they want the the day night cycle to factor into how the player experiences the side quests it's like if the player starts a side quest at night it should proceed at night so it's like if you started at night rogue is pulling the the jacket out of the trunk at night and you can't mm-hmm. really see mm-hmm. it very well so i had to capture it during the day just for the jacket Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh anyway she has a jacket yeah and it's I, I feel like this is the start of a really interesting bit of narrative friction and ken you might be able to like talk a little bit about this but everybody kind of has their own wants in this moment mm-hmm. like johnny johnny says he wants revenge on adam smasher right? right and and rogue ostensibly wants the same thing but when you show up for this appointment rogue is like oh hey wouldn't it be great if you like dressed up like Johnny too? Wouldn't yes. that be fun? Dress yes. up like Johnny, yeah. and then Johnny, as as our requests go on, he's like, I oh, think it, heck yeah! It becomes increasingly clear that like 
maybe Johnny wants to spend some time with Rogue and like Adam yeah. Smasher. Have you ever invented a reason to hang out with somebody? A reason <laughs> oh, yeah. to like be in the same room as somebody? It, right. This is what this quest started to feel like at this point. Yeah. Was like, yeah. He wants to murder Smasher, but he wants to murder Smasher, like you said earlier, Tim, with Rogue there. Like he yeah. wants Rogue present. His 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 yeah. room temperature revenge dish. I touched very briefly on how um the science fiction genre is sort of essentialized in Rogue and Johnny's uh relationship, uh just like on the the the, the foundational level. Um it it gets uh it it's like uh Oh, well, where was I going to go with that? God darn. It's it's this part where you're you're being made to wear the jacket. Mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of brings it into an another kind of science fictional question where it's like she wants you to look like she's like she wants you to look like the guy you, you like he wants to spend time with her uh taking down as as a ghost inhabiting a body. Mm-hmm. He wants to just be there as a a third person uh, viewpoint watching rogue uh triumph in the old ways in her old mm-hmm. mission doing ways while you the player you can go ahead and drive during this time he just wants to hang out and watch rogue do cool stuff he doesn't, he doesn't want to do the boring stuff he doesn't want he, to drive a car <laughs> he doesn't want to be in control he just wants to huff the fumes of hanging mm-hmm. out with with rogue right he just wants to huff the fumes and uh, you know so he's just there and it it becomes both you know science fictionally essential and also video gamifiedly essential right so it's like this nice little meeting of video game and and science fiction and there's even this uh this like legacy rpg element of uh of gear and lore and like gear lore right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like dragon mm-hmm. quest you're accumulating all of uh, Lodo or Erdrick, the legendary hero's armor mm. in the yeah, game yeah. Dragon Quest, you get uh, Lodo's armor, Lodo's helmet, Lodo's shield, and Lodo's sword or Erdrick's, if uh, depending on which lo- localization you're playing. So it's uh, you get all of those items, uh, and then you can take on the final boss, right? So there's mm-hmm. there's this uh, this like this respect for the legacy of the role playing game that is uh, espoused there mm-hmm. in that moment where she gives you Johnny's jacket. She's like, you can just wear Johnny's jacket while you do this. I don't know. You don't have to put it on if you don't want to. Just check it out. It's pretty good. Like, I think it'll fit you. Uh, and then your V asks, uh, is this the real jacket? And she's like, Lord, no. Uh, w- w- it's it's a replica, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's not the real jacket. Later in the story, uh, at the end, the conclusion of this quest, actually, we are going to go to the place where theoretically... If we got a shovel, we could dig up and get Johnny's jacket. We could get right? Johnny's jacket there. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I own a couple really fine bomber jackets myself. Uh, I'm a jacket guy. Uh, I don't know if this is if, if this is known uh, in, in, the, uh, in the, 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 the larger podcast listenership. Though I, I'm a jacket guy. Um, for many years, I've been a big fan of Buzz Rickson jackets, okay. which are... Okay. A Japanese uh, Toyo Enterprise is a Japanese fashion label that does replicas of U.S. military jackets from throughout the ages, mm. um, and uh, they were they were made a little bit more famous in William Gibson's novel Pattern Recognition, came out in two thousand three, mm-hmm. where the main character wears a black Buzz Rickson's M A One jacket, 
Um, the MA-1 being like the most legendary of flight jackets. Uh, military fashion, particularly nylon jackets, like heavy nylon twill jackets, have been essential in cyberpunk fiction for like a very long time. It's just mm-hmm. kind of seen as a not like the de facto street uniform in these stories, though it's it's the common like a very nice a symbolic vessel for like the type of clothing that someone wears in cyberpunk nylon being mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. fabric that was pioneered in the 1950s after world war ii they never really tried to make a a durable uh water resistant garment out of it until the war had ended though a lot of cyberpunk kind of sits neatly in this uh let's go ahead and call it what it is sits very neatly in this boomer mindset right mm. Mm. So it, it's uh, it, it's it's a boomer fantasy almost in a certain mm. way. Uh, Bill Gibson himself being a boomer, you know. So it's uh, it, it's it's very much a boomer thing. And uh, nylon flight jackets is very much a boomer military generation thing. So nylon was later discovered. You're gonna love this to be extremely flammable. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it like the nylon twill they were using in these jackets for jet pilots was found to be flammable in a certain way that maybe they shouldn't wear that particular fabric mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. cockpit of a high performance jet. And it's fun that that's a cyberpunk thing because cyberpunk would have been uh, would have been coming up as a genre during the time when stuff such as that was was unknown. You get Johnny Mnemonic, he's got a tape recorder in his head, right? Technology uh-huh. that in our own version of the 2030s will be gone, uh, you know, will be long, long uh, buried in the past. So Johnny's, so the fact that I was pleased as a cyberpunk history aficionado and as a fan of Japanese replica jackets to experience an essential story moment in this cyberpunk video game about a jacket, uh-huh. right? A jacket, period, about a jacket that is a bomber jacket. It is also a leather jacket, but we can let that slide. Uh, a, a, a jacket that is a, is a, a bomber jacket mm-hmm. that is also based on the MA-1. If you look at the storm flap on the zipper, like it, it is it is an MA-1 jacket that has been heavily modified. Uh, a nod to William Gibson, a nod to neuromancer pattern recognition Mm. uh, the world building of the cyberpunk uh, uh, tabletop role-playing game but also respecting the legacy of role-playing games like dragon quest where you're accumulating uh you're accumulating legendary items but also Mm -hmm. perhaps most masterfully it's a replica right so Mm -hmm. not only is Mm -hmm. it a jacket it is a replica jacket which is what uh uh, William Gibson wrote so so thoroughly about in pattern recognition was harping so extensively and exhaustively on the Buzzricks and MA1's nature as a as a replica jacket that is more real than the original. And it turns out in real life the Air Force had never made a black jacket. Buzzrickson did not make a black jacket. William Gibson had invented the black MA1 jacket, which Buzzrickson then began making because he wrote about it, mm. and they put his name is uh, in a fancy cursive font and on a label sewn in under there. So if you own a black Buzz Rickson's jacket, which I, I own an L2B in that variety, if you own one of those, it it has William Gibson's name on it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of kind of fun, a little fun little uh, factoid. Uh, the fact that it's like it's a replica of a replica of a replica of a replica, mm-hmm. and it's it's based on something. 
And the fact that there's a replica jacket in the story feels like a fun little tiny trivia tidbit. I think there's no chance they that these people haven't read a lot of William Gibson. There's, uh, it, It's a really fun little tiny trivia tidbit that it's a replica jacket, but also it 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 kind of like uh, splinter cells its way real uh, you know, not the video game franchise uh, very deeply <laughs> deeply into the the fabric of the narrative there uh-huh, uh-huh, because uh-huh. it's not Johnny's jacket it's a replica and right. if you recall uh you get the Johnny set during the game right mm-hmm, so Johnny mm-hmm. Johnny can take over your body that being a theme if you play like me you realize late into your side quest exhaustion when you're exhausting all the side quests in the game you realize oh every time i've found a johnny item i just put it on and don't take it off right because mm. it makes me look like the guy on the box art because that's what he's wearing on the box so now i look like the guy on the game box but i also look like johnny silverhand right and it's like this multi-layered sort of you know i know kung fu whoa moment right mm. where it's like i've i've let johnny take over my body from the outside Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but the fact is that outside of the sh- you get shoes, shirt and pants, which is what he's wearing in your head. Right. And he's also wearing sunglasses. Yeah. The, but the, the Johnny's or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The, the aviators, the Johnny sunglasses that you get um, are uh, are not his sunglasses either. Right. Do you remember mm. when you get the sunglasses? I don't you, think I do. You get them during the I bender. They're during oh. the bender scene. He opens the glove box of this girl's car. There's a pair of sunglasses in there. Without asking any kind of permission, he removes them and puts them on. And you see a little, uh, a masterful little uh, 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 help pop up in the corner of the screen. A little tooltip that says, uh, acquired Johnny's sunglasses. (laughs) He touches them and they become his. They become his, Not only that, he, he takes them out of the glove box with his silver hand. Right. Mm. So he is uh, by touching them, he makes them Johnny's glasses. Right. Mm. Almost so like a those, Midas touch in a way. Yeah. Those aren't Johnny's glasses either. So so the two Johnny items that the story uh, foists upon you, the sunglasses and the jacket, one is a replica and one is one that is brought into Johnny's quote unquote Johnny's possession because he took it. On out of his own taste, on his own whim, he took it while he was under control of your body, and it's, only so I feel like all of that kind of spearheads in the jacket giving moment, and I kind of felt a variety of weird little catharses there, um, mm. right? So maybe you know mm. is that is that overthinking yep. it? I don't no, actually I don't, think so. You, you so. touched on something that I wanted to to bring up and then toss to Ken, which was that. Number one, yeah, the the replica thing was something I had not even thought of, but it it immediately made me think about the question of the engram, right? Like, is yes the engram of John exactly. real, or or is like like what is real? Does it matter? You know, classic like what what is a soul? Who cares? <laughs> it's but uh, it's. It's this idea of like Johnny has been replicated at this point and is now replicating himself out further into the world. But it is that also that that tension we were talking about that maybe didn't exist right away in this quest, but now is starting to exist is that V is kind of becoming a surrogate in in these quests. V is becoming 
uh, the thing that can house so much of Johnny and be Johnny for other people. And that's a really interesting, like it started to make me think about those pills a little bit more, right? Cause the first time you pop them, you're like, yeah, I want to see what Johnny Silverhand does with V. That'll be a fun little video game thing. And then it's like, Oh, now Johnny's friend is here and is giving me more stuff of Johnny's to wear. And Johnny wants me to give him control back later. And Johnny wants me to do stuff for him. And it's like, I thought you said that I was getting the body. Mm-hmm. Am I getting the body? And, or, or is this yeah. a ploy? Like, yeah, so Ken, what right. do you think about it? And so that's like, you know, the interesting bit of like distrust that it kind of like sows through. I don't know, like that textually, like in terms of like the things that characters are saying to each other, that it always reckons with that in a way that I found satisfying. But I did mm. like this moment as sort of a, like a microcosm of this issue being like, one, it feels like Rogue is using B as a surrogate for Johnny. Um, yeah. She wants to spend time with Johnny, just like Johnny right. wants to spend time with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that becomes an even greater issue later like with another character that we haven't gotten to yet where that's that becomes like a crux of v and that person's relationship is them trying to get to know and understand each other as individuals and not just like this v as this conduit for johnny and because like that was something like for so for the entire quest line that we're doing in this episode i i wore all of johnny's crap because mm-hmm. it seemed appropriate and he was taking over the body half the time anyway where for me this was one of the moments where like what i was doing with, you know, the, the mechanics of, like, what I'm wearing at any given point felt like, you know, a very distinct role-playing choice where, like, I did not put those things back on one more time in this game. I was, like, oh, you didn't? Every, every side quest with Carrie, I was in something that my V would wear. and mm, You wanted that distinction. Right. So you were, you were your authentic self when you were outside of Johnny. I feel like authenticity right. is, like, a really, really uh, sometimes ham-fisted uh, but sometimes sublime theme that is in all these... Uh, all of these Johnny missions and all of just mm-hmm. the scenes mm-hmm. involving Johnny. So authenticity versus uh, replication, uh, right? right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if if uh, we go back to what William Gibson said about the Buzz Rickson jackets, where he says they are replicas that are more authentic than the original, mm-hmm. uh, which they are. They're made on the exact same looms. Uh, the the but the Toyo Enterprises Corporation bought the sewing machines and the looms from the mm-hmm. U.S. Uh, Army Air Force warehouses to make these uh, jackets on. Like uh, it is not uh, the replicas that are more authentic than the original. So you you willingly become a replica of Johnny, uh, mm-hmm. and then you yeah. uh, you you reauthenticate you reauthenticated yourself after the missions. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's. Uh, that's like a little personality test for the that's player. That's cool. That's cool though. That's, it, that's good role yeah, playing. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, and I think it's one of the things, and we've talked about this throughout the season. That like, I do feel like when you're honing in on certain relationships, I feel like the game makes you have to be like more reflective on the things that you're doing. And it's because I, I mean, we keep alluding to this other character. We're talking about Carrie. We're talking about Carrie Yardine, and mm-hmm. how he is the only character of like all the romances that has like an established relationship with Johnny before you know, the end of his quest line. And so for me, it was like always important to make that distinction because that is like a, an actual part of that relationship is like Carrie trying to reconcile that this person that's in front of him is not, is not Johnny. And mm-hmm. like he was at one point, you know, a vessel for him to speak to the dead. But, you know, it, it was, there's a lot of chances in that relationship to like center Johnny when it comes to talking about like the present more than the past. Yes. And, a lot of those are like very you know distinct choices you have to make. Be like decenter Johnny. Johnny's not relevant. Carrie's alive. Johnny is dead, and we'll get to that you know ne- next episode. But for me, just 
changing clothes after this was one of the most important like role playing things for me because it was me making that like hard distinction. Mm. But on top of all of that, as we were saying earlier, it does feel like Rogue is trying to get something different out of this. Carrie seems like he's trying to get something different out out of this. Johnny, I I feel like Johnny kind of obliviously leaves this questline feeling pretty self-satisfied with stuff, not really realizing that he has sparked maybe sort of like relapses into old ways of thinking and old old feelings, old behaviors. And so it does feel like there's kind of this like four-way miscommunication as to what all of this means. Um, yes, that does end up getting more thoroughly explored in Carrie's quest and a certain ending, but that was just like the, you know the the jacket's the beginning of that. Like you really understanding that like it does not feel like anyone is necessarily on the same page here, and I think that's actually like a really fascinating yeah. thing for you to be in the middle of in the midst of all these other role playing choices you have to make. Yeah, there's there's that hollow moment where you're just like, so is this really Johnny's jacket? And then uh, she's like, no. <laughs> it's a replica, but can you put it on? Oh, you want to try it on? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, she wants the out the exterior experience. Carrie wants the interior experience. But the I think I mean the romance with Carrie again. You know that I know that's not this episode, but the romance with Carrie is definitely the most interesting part of the whole video game, um, because Carrie begins that uh, that relationship with. Uh, being like, oh, the Johnny's inside this this guy's head. You know, I'm gonna you know hang out with Johnny again. We're gonna get the band back together and reignite yeah. my creative spark. And then through uh, side quests, uh, so that's that's a side quest line grafted onto this Johnny side quest line. Mm-hmm. And then through a side quest line grafted onto that, Carrie uh, uh, enters into a romance with the, a natural, authentic romance, uh, agnostic to Johnny, with mm-hmm. the person who he had entered the acquaintanceship of uh, through knowing that Johnny was in there, right? right. And it's like that uh, That brings us the full circle, you know, orbit away from... The, the, that closes the whole authenticity story on a very sweet note. And again, mm-hmm. that all... I, I believe that all starts with the jacket. All mm-hmm. starts with the jacket. All and starts it's with a, the jacket. <laughs> yeah, so it's authentically, just very, very potently... Uh, just a, a big, dark, deep uh, science fiction crystals contained mm-hmm. in that jacket, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, it's a very, very important moment uh, tossed off nonchalantly mm-hmm. uh, at the very beginning of a side quest with really weird timing that the player is probably meant to not think about too much, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. so prior to that, had you, uh, I had done a, a gig, um, where I got Johnny's pants. I feel like this falls under the umbrella of Johnny Quests. Did you like all? I, might, I feel like I might have the Johnny pants, but they, my inventory is so cluttered at this yeah. point in the game. That I've, I've, I've called sure. up. A, I, I was over here calling up one of the video files I have that's got Johnny's pants in it. Um, uh, yeah, so I, it's like a, I, I got Johnny's pants, and uh, you get them during a side quest where you're sent to get like one of Carrie Uridine's guitars or whatever. No. Mm. What I don't know what the side quest is. It's it's not I, a it's not I, I, Ballad of Buck Ravers, is it? It's not the one where you deal with the the samurai uh, vendor, like the guy who who knowledge checks you on all of samurai's old shows and stuff. No, right? no, that's it's so it's one that is a uh, tangential to that, but not necessarily unlocked by it. Mm, but it's mm-hmm. just a, a gig where someone wants you to go get um, a guitar, wants you to steal carry Uridine's guitar from some guy's vault, right? And you go into this house. This big old house, uh, this fancy penthouse apartment where you got to sneak in. It actually feels like a little fun 
detective mm. mission, you know, a no combat mission that uh, you get a couple Johnny quips where, you know, Johnny's sitting on the stairs iconically at one point in this mission. I can call up an image of that. Um, like Johnny's Johnny's sitting on the stairs uh, and Johnny's all upset that this person whose house you're going into is a rich person. Number mm. one, they're, they're a rich person. And number two, they are a they are a Carrie Uridine fanboy, right? So you're in a, a Carrie Uridine. I'm just dropping screenshots in the chat here if you uh, are looking at him. So there, he's a Carrie Uridine fanboy, and he's got all sorts of Carrie guitars and Carrie items. And Johnny's just sitting here, all upset, you know, because this. And Johnny's Johnny's looking around and making all these quips like, "What does this guy like Carrie so much for?" Right. And uh, mm. and then in the, just this depressing little moment, like Johnny's pants are just in a, uh, they're just in a, in a suitcase sitting in the in the bedroom, right? But Carrie's guitars, meanwhile, are in this uh, this big beautiful, hermetically mm-hmm. sealed sort of vault, you know, where it's a, uh, you know, there's all this samurai related paraphernalia. Yes, yeah, so and you get Carrie Uridine's guitar that you then have. That's the. That's the the mission item you have to drop at the Dropbox for the invisible mission giver to give back to you. <laughs> so it's like the the fact that you find Johnny's pants there. So it's like even you know digging further into the the authenticity, the legendary equipment, right? The mm-hmm, getting together mm-hmm. your Dragon Quest suit of armor. Uh, you get Johnny's gun through this mission as well. It's Lodo's sword, right? So like the fact that uh, something like Johnny's pants is an optional secondary like basically a throwaway mm. item during a quest mm. where you're getting mm-hmm. carrie uridine's guitar so you do have ample opportunity uh to have and in my experience uh playing the game i did do this quest long before it was possible to do the johnny silverhand quests right mm. so mm-hmm. it's like I'd, I'd done this so i did have a tiny little nugget of johnny silverhand backstory building just kind of lodged in my brain uh, based on his comments, the, his cynical comments made uh, in, in this uh, this penthouse apartment where he's like, look at all this stupid stuff this guy's got. Why does this guy like Carrie so much? Carrie's not that great. Uh, and then, you know, his pants are just in this depressing, dark corner of a room. This guy owns a pair of Johnny Silverhand's pants and doesn't have them framed on the wall mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you get Johnny's shoes in a locker in another mission. You remember this? So it's like you can get Johnny's shoes in another mission. I had accidentally gotten the pants and the shoes before I kicked off the Johnny quest where I got the sunglasses and then the jacket. And then at the end of that mission, you get the gun. And then at the end of that, mm-hmm. you get the, the car, right? So you, you I, can I, I, get the car. There's, you there's can an get option the car. to get the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got the car through a – I mean, you know, is there is there such thing as a good role-playing in a, in a video game that locks content based on role-playing decisions? But uh, through a – is it really skillful role playing or did I just act naturally again, you know, authenticity conversation. I did get the car. So I had the mm-hmm. car, the sunglasses, the jacket, the pants, the shoes, the shirt, mm-hmm. the gun. Did I say the gun? I had the entire legendary Johnny set by the end of this mission where uh, we're still talking about with Rogue, <laughs> right? So the Rogue mission, can we, like, what, should yeah, we talk well, about the Rogue let's mission? Move, let's move through the Rogue yeah. mission. So d- we, we get to this this point where we, we meet up at the docks and we're, we're stalking around this place. We get in there, we get some data that we need to find. We have uh, a very standard sneaking uh, stealth uh, shooting mission. Very, very like Deus Ex. Do you want to go in the front door? Or would you like to go in the back door? Like it's, um, it's. I, not I like doing fun. a little bit of both. You go in the back door, but shoot it, but kill everybody. 
Yeah, no, I, I go in and short circuit everybody around and just kind of like slowly uh, throw yeah, my short... head fireballs at everybody. Uh, that, that short circuit, man. What a buzz There's kill. nothing like it. There's, there's nothing a... like it. I mean, it's like literally a buzz kill, but also, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. it's a buzz mm-hmm. kill. Like, it... like uh, once I discovered it, uh, you know, I spent way too much of my review talking about this because I... I, I'm ashamed of myself. Like I became a shock goblin at some point, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. just, uh, I, I just never really meaningfully engaged with the combat systems in the game. And it's, uh, again, we talk about opportunities a lot, you know, in in criticism. It's like there was an opportunity to have some real fun, cool level designs that an idiot jerk like me didn't just undermine, <laughs> right? And like it's jumping like, into the cameras and throwing magic spells at people. Yeah, yeah. The short circuit and overheat. Oh god, yeah. Hideously overpowered. Mm-hmm. Uh they've been a little nerfed. Did you know this? I I do feel so I had played at launch and had like a vaguely netrunner build at launch yeah. and then this time around I've been going much heavier into the netrunning uh to kind of like really explore that side of it. Yeah. And even though I definitely felt early on the net running was not as powerful. And I think if, if listeners go back and listen to those early episodes, you will hear me lamenting like, Oh, it sucks to be a net runner. Like I can't do anything. Mm. I'm now at the point where I have Epic hacks and I'm starting to get the legendary quick hacks. And it is hilarious how quickly also the legendary quick hacks are just absolutely busted in ways that are kind of really fun. You're you're playing that now. You're playing that now. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, so you get the legendary short circuit, right? You got that. Mm-hmm. Is and it the one that you, lets you like crit? Like when yeah, you crit, when, you apply on, short circuit on critical hits. Critical hits apply short circuit. Um. Uh, that was so broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, that was just a crazy broken, mm-hmm. and I feel like. Um, I have it on good word, good authority that it was nerfed because of me. Because <laughs> I, I made a video where I spent like an hour making fun of the short circuit, le- the legendary short circuit quick hack, which I stumbled into. And so what what was nerfed was there are several items that uh, apply uh, bonus to crit, right? They oh, apply crit a, bonus, like yeah, they, higher they, chance to proc. Yeah, yeah. So I... I managed to using just a few items jack my my crit chance up to 126 percent, which mm-hmm, meant mm-hmm. every single shot. And then you use a machine gun, and uh, you are just one shot uh, crit damaging, uh, short circuiting everyone you shoot. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, it was the stupidest looking video <laughs> game I've ever played in my life. Like, it was it was just absolutely stupid looking to be just walking through the mission with a with a machine gun just mm-hmm. a big old mm-hmm. big old machine gun and uh, affixed to the bottom portion of my screen shooting them with your hacker bullets <laughs> and it, it was it was silenced so it counted as stealth so just <laughs> just shooting people and they're just everyone's dying in one hit mm-hmm. uh adam smasher died before he could take one step from his spawn wow. point uh <laughs> right like uh just like like I emptied one clip into him and it was like 32 critical hits mm-hmm. uh, for a total of like 600,000 damage and he's just dead. And my V's only on like level 20 some, right? And mm-hmm. it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a little depressing. So it's, it's a little it's a little sad. But uh, I, I was already, wish, yeah. I was just gonna say, I almost wish Cyberpunk like leaned heavier into some areas like that though because 
I did go to a Ripper dock at the like the Alda Caldos camp or something out of on a whim, and I was trying to like upgrade my cyberware, and I saw there was a thing that was like, oh, do you want a rocket launcher in your arm? And I was like, yeah, sure, uh, why yeah, not? Put a rocket yeah. launcher in my arm. <laughs> and so then later on, we were doing the mission where uh, you can get Goro out from the area, but you have to fight off a bunch of like super high level Arasaka people. Yeah, that that arm rocket launcher. Let me tell you is the saving grace of that mission for me because I was just popping out and shooting missiles out of my arm all the time. Yeah. And I was doing it and thinking like, this is, this is really fun. I get to feel like I'm an actual like Chrome yeah. enhanced badass in this moment there's, and not just like playing a cover shooter. Yeah. Yeah. By that point in the game, alas, I was already 104% crit chance with the yeah, legendary. You, you would be in the game already. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it. I played that game like a goddamn dental hygienist, let me tell you. <laughs> I cleaned all the stuff off of it. All the plaque mm-hmm. and tartar was gone. Talking smooth teeth. You know when you get mm-hmm. your dental cleaning mm-hmm. and your teeth feel smooth? That game was smooth teeth. Teethed. Mm-hmm. Uh, smooth teethed was that video game. The backs mm-hmm. of that game's teeth were smooth uh, as heck when I finally for the purpose of diversifying the footage I was going to use in my review, decided to pop into an act to save and hmm. equip like the jumping tendons and the mantis right. arms, the mantis, blades. the mantis blades. And I was like, ah, there's so much cool stuff in here that hmm. I, I ignored like a, like a moron. And I think hmm. of all the quests in the game, the reason I am, again, I'm sorry for tangentializing all of this. Uh, the, the reason I'm bringing this all up is there was no quest in the game that I felt sadder about than that Johnny boat dock quest because that was actually like nice level design. Mm-hmm. That was like mm-hmm. that was like a nice level design for you know a guy like me, uh, a midlife crisising forty some guy who yes played Deus Ex when it came out right. So it's like uh, there was it was it was very nice in that regard. Um, it was it just seemed like oh this is a good thoughtful video game level design that I'm just kind of. <laughs> you know taking, a, taking my way through yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of you know just pouring uh i don't know what what i was trying to think of a fun phrase there i couldn't i'm just pouring garbage all over this mm-hmm. uh, you know just littering the, the floor the the tiktok of the game designer like watching people put the different shapes into the mm. hole on the bucket and they oh, keep yeah, yeah. the the shape in the same hole over and over again and they're like no <laughs> oh, no <yeah>. please no <laughs> uh, all uh, my I, I i recall the first user experience design meme uh, i've ever i ever saw where it's like a guy with a glass of water and it's like here's user experience and the guy's trying to suck the water out of the bottom of the glass right like uh that really is how people end up using your uh, your 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 products, mm. and I feel like I uh, betrayed my own uh, professional experience as a user experience user interface designer um, by uh, just finding the most just gopher hold. Like uh, mm-hmm. I just dug my way as far under the point as I could, and I barrel just like pile drove all of my points into intelligence and uh got to 20 intelligence like right away when i Mm. first Mm -hmm. encountered Mm -hmm. short circuit i had a bunch of points banked up and i was like let's do it let's let's max out intelligence because if my hacks get so much stronger every time you know i'm like i'm stressed out i gotta play this game so i can make a video about it uh which i guess my experience very different from uh someone dropped something uh 
uh, <laughs> uh, 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 my experience very different from the typical uh, uh i guess the target audience so i was mm -hmm. like i gotta get mm -hmm. through this thing but then in doing so i kind of ruined it for myself and that mission which was so emotional and powerful first of all they make you a you wait in the car until nighttime if it's mm -hmm. not already mm -hmm. nighttime mm -hmm. so it's like uh I, you feel double wrong if you uh, uh, tripped the event off and got the jacket at night when you couldn't see the jacket. You're supposed to get, the, you're canonically supposed to get the jacket during the day. So you get the jacket, you have that beautiful drive with Rogue. Can I just mm -hmm. shout out, I love all the driving parts where you're in the passenger mm -hmm. seat and you get to watch the person drive. Uh, Rogue's got that cool Quadra car, which has mm -hmm. that nice light up uh, red uh, Apple Watch Ultra night mode looking interior <laughs> to the car. Um like she's got that, uh, you know, uh, uh -huh, it's uh, uh -huh. like she's got that that cyberpunk as heck looking automobile, mm -hmm, and you get to drive mm -hmm, in it. That mm -hmm. was a very beautiful drive that I made. I made use of that footage a lot in my video as well because there's really good footy there. Um, and then you know they make she's like, well we're here, might as well wait till nightfall, she says, and you're like, okay. And then you wait and it's nightfall, and you sneak through this mission, and uh, it it culminates on a boat, right? You get to mm -hmm. the boat yeah, where, where yeah. you're gonna meet the guy. And Johnny, again, I had already killed everyone on the boat, right? <laughs> so because without, before even getting on there, I had electro uh -huh. shock goblinized. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd killed everyone in the whole place. Nobody saw me. My stealth points were through the roof. Um, it's like calling that stealth is so sad. You know, <laughs> remember the first time you play Assassin's Creed and you're just like, oh, stealth is real easy in these games. It's not like Metal Gear Solid. It's mm. like we're now we're now even further away from the the pure vision of uh, the original Metal Gear game. You know, just to, mm. you know, so it's like that's stealth. I get to the boat, and Johnny goes, "He's shooting at me with my own gun." I love that <laughs> bit. Where he's and it's like, like that's not, that's the sound of my gun. I know that. <laughs> Malorian is that the name of his gun? Malorian. Um, oh. I think that's the name of his gun. His gun yeah. is. Yeah, he must have been a fan of Mandalorian. I was gonna say that sounds like a Borderlands name, but I might be wrong. I think yeah, I'm I mean, of a different. Yeah, the Malorian, the Malorian, Malorian arms. arms. Yeah, yeah, that was the case 15. of that was the case of me in shame, pretending not to remember something. Going really, <laughs> um, you know, some, you know, it's 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 the the old the old video gamer's instinct, right? I was asked at a dinner recently. First of all, can you imagine me at a dinner? <laughs> um, if you, I was asked at a friendly dinner, um, uh, uh, the formal attire. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, it had been released into the room that a YouTuber was present. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. so the, Your worst the word, nightmare. Word, <laughs> word had gotten around the castle that a YouTuber was present in the, uh, the polite, the, the society company. Um, oh man, my girlfriend has been in the bathroom for like so long. I have to go to the bathroom so bad, but she's in there. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're, like I've been trying to go to the bed. I, I drank I drank two liters of water, um, and a cup of coffee and a Canadian Tylenol, uh, two Canadian Tylenol. So word had gone around that a YouTuber was present uh, in the in the polite society company, and mm -hmm. I was asked uh, in confidence, "Any good video games coming out this uh, this fall?" And I was like, "Ah!" You know, immediately in my head, I'm like, "God of War Ragnarok is going to be pretty good, I guess." You know, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of God of War, uh, but I did like the God of War 2018. God of War Ragnarok's probably going to be real good, you know, because there's a pedigree going there. And some people are calling mm -hmm. it a DLC. Uh, it's not no DLC. It looks like a full fleshed out game. They got big Thor in there. Thor's got a practical mm -hmm. physique. It looks real good. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I think the God of War game is coming out. 
I'd have to check is is how I answered. So I yeah, applied. You, you I, softball I, it in because you I, don't want to just immediately know it. I applied that same performance there too. I think it's called Malorian. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, it's a. I, I have to pretend for my own uh, self-respect's sake uh, every once mm-hmm. in a while. Perhaps I'll do it again later in the show, and we'll uh, we'll go on. Just do, we'll ignore it at mm-hmm. that time. So uh, you know, uh, any, any good video games? Ask me later if any good video games are coming out this fall that I'm looking forward I'll, I'll to. I'll mark I'll mark that down yeah. for the end of the show. Yeah. So we we jump back in, and after we've we've gotten up to the boat, and and we've fought the dude that has Johnny's gun and and take him down. We have kind of a standoff. Uh, Grayson here starts Grayson. trying to play, starts trying to play both sides. You know, he's like, "Oh, why do you think Rogue wants to find Smasher so bad and stuff like that?" Yeah, um, like, I mean, why does she? Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's, why not? It's it's not really too compelling a question that he yeah. poses. It, it's like it, uh, you can, you're already on the page with the characters. You don't really mm-hmm. need, you know, this guy. This guy weren't nothing, right? Mm-hmm. He just he this, seemed like such a patsy. He's, he's such a, a loser. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Such yeah, a such a middle dude. He's the um if you've ever seen a Christmas story and there's there's the the bully with the yellow eyes that that tortures the kids and then there's like the the other guy that just kind of like eggs him on is like, "Yeah, get him." He's that Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Absolutely. Uh I yeah, I I shot him. <laughs> oh, you shot him. Oh, I did really? not care. Yeah, no, I I just blasted I'm, him. I'm I'm always always hyper aware of the idea that uh, there's there's just something in it if I'm nice. I let the guy live. Cuz I was like if he tries anything, I'll just shock him, right? I'll just oh, yeah, electrocute you, you him. Do have the brain. If, he, if yeah. he tries anything, if if it turns into a little battle, I'm not afraid of any gameplay in this game. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no gameplay, right? So it's like I, I I let him live, and he offers you the, the something good if you let him live, right? You get, uh, you I get knew Johnny's it was a car, car so right? yeah. I, yeah, I knew it was a car, so I shot him. Yeah, uh, yeah, can cannot drive, and also can't drive in this game, but also cannot drive. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, <so> driving. <laughs> you, you, you driving bad much, in game, it's not a mic, motorcycle. You, you ain't missing much uh, with mm-hmm. that Porsche. It is not a good car in the game. Mm-hmm. Real life, mm-hmm. you know, except no substitutes in this game. You like, I, who cares? Uh, I yeah, I was your motorcycle. What'd you drive? What did you drive? The regular old motorcycle or what? Uh, the the, uh, the Jackie's one. Oh, Jackie's mm. Jackie's bike's nice. So Jackie's yeah. bike is wonderful because it's kind of slow, right? So mm. it's like it's it's got this nice. It's like the speed that the the world is optimally traversable at, mm, with, given mm-hmm. you know yep. the the geometry of the world. So it's like the right vehicle. I believe it's the correct vehicle to drive. I rode the the stupid Akira bike, oh, which was yeah. like twenty thousand yeah. dollars. That I mm. I I didn't care about anything else. And it's like, do you feel like uh, the experience of being able to see yourself on the bike also just contributed very meaningfully to your playing the game? Because I did. I felt like being able to see yeah. myself was like I wanted to see myself. <laughs> Ken hated every time I drove in first person because it freaks him out. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I've driven it's a real car in real life. I don't need to drive a car in a video game in <laughs> mm. first person. Right? I, dr- I drive third person motorcycle, but first person when I'm in an actual car car uh, because I, first person motorcycle is too much for me. But I don't know oh, when I'm in yeah. first person in the car. I kind of like being able to you know look around and see passengers if I have them and and like being in there when I'm driving like the behemoth from the from uh, was it Claire's side quest the street racing stuff. Oh yeah, um, yeah that that stuff like I, I like driving first person in that car or like in the Delamain car, but not in not on a motorcycle. 
Not yeah, crazy. yeah. I, I got I've got a lot of first person motorcycle footage over here that, that I was using to test my uh, my thirty ninety with. Um, it's uh, it's 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 a thing. It's a genre of entertainment in itself. That one I do not particularly like. But anyway, you get the car if you spare uh, the guy, and the fact that in order to get the car you have to disobey Johnny three times. Mm -hmm. He's like, just shoot this guy, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, no, well, let's hear what he has to say, Johnny. And then it's like, no, kill him, he's a liar. It's like, no, Johnny, let's keep listening to him. Kill him, he's Smasher's friend. Mm -hmm. And then you say no, and Johnny's like, I hate you, V, you jerk. You said you were going to do this my way. And then the guy's like, I'll give you something good. And then you go <laughs> over and you lower the crane and you get in. It's Johnny's car. Johnny freaks out. He's so happy. It's the happiest you've ever seen him in the game. Right at that point, he's like, "Oh my God, it's my car, dude!" He's so happy to see his car. Right, he's just uh -huh, like uh -huh. mind blown, overjoyed. Gets in the car. He's like, "Come on, V, let's open this bad boy up. Let's go for a ride." Yeah, I love it. Right, and then Rogue is there, and she's not in the car. Um, I actually got a horrible glitch the first time I unlocked the car, um, where I was unable to leave the garage, and I had to redo the whole quest to get oh, the car. Oh, jeez. Because yeah. the, do the door mm. just closed as we uh -huh. were leaving, and then it wouldn't open. And then Rogue is out there slowly walking away while the car is trapped. <laughs> Doing the was, Rogue walk away. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was quite poetic uh, to see uh, Johnny uh, trapped in there, uh, uh, to see everybody trapped. But then, so it's like you get the car, he's so happy, and it positions. The fact that you, again, this kind of hammers on the authenticity theme of the authenticity, the origins of all of the legendary Johnny items. If we consider the car, you know, if you've played the game the way I did and you had naturally just uh, kind of poked in and out of some gigs leading up to doing the Johnny side quests, you've obtained the, the shoes, the shirt, the pants, and then through doing the Johnny quests, you get the sunglasses, the jacket, and then in that same quest, you get the gun, and then finally the option to get the car. Is there an option to not get the gun? There's not, right? No, I think you get the gun no matter you get the gun what. Regardless. Okay. It, you know, it's kind of poetic that it ends up being the gun that the game wants you to like shoot the guy with if you yeah. can. So shoot him, kill him with Johnny's gun. Mm -hmm. um, and then mm -hmm. when you kill Adam Smasher eventually, you're probably gonna kill him with a uh, a legendary quick hack short circuit uh mm -hmm. in being yeah, yeah, uh, one hundred twenty six percent critical hit. <laughs> uh, just like machine gun that you picked up from a guy that had a a, a high crit chance uh, innately that was at like 36 <laughs> that's probably how you're going to actually kill Adam Smasher which is a way you know Johnny as an anarchist he wasn't really the most computer hackery cyberpunk person mm -hmm. which is good because cyberpunk is not all computer hackers there's lots of types of dudes in cyberpunk Johnny's the rocker boy type you know so he's mm -hmm. not necessarily a Though, uh, you know, you get to be the computer hacker in Johnny's life there by mm -hmm. hacking the final mm -hmm. boss that way. But it's like you get the car at the end, and it's, uh, I believe it's like a sublime little capstone to the uh, acquiring Johnny's, Johnny's uh, uh, you know, personal effects. I feel mm. like it's a nice capstone because, and you know, if we go through this theme of every single item that you get is, has a very downbeat moment to it, except for the gun, because the gun is like, get the gun and kill him. The, the jacket is like, uh, oh, uh, uh, the, the jacket is like, is this the, the real thing? No, of course not. Uh, the sunglasses, Johnny claims them. The mm -hmm. pants are in a depressing place in a, 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 a mission where, that is a, where there's a shrine to carry Eurodyne's guitars. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, sh the shoes are in the bottom of a locker in a quest completely unrelated to anything. Some collector mm -hmm. of shoes has Johnny's shoes. Um, and then the, the fact that in order to get the car, you have to betray Johnny, not betray him, but you have to just not listen to him, ignore mm -hmm. him. And then you get the car and he's so happy 
and getting the car increases your affinity with Johnny, which have we mentioned that? We haven't mentioned that. Yeah, there's, there's like a, a number affinity with Johnny mm, that there is ticking th- up and down. There is a number on the, the pause screen that shows you how uh, how friendly you are with Johnny, and I think it caps out at around 60, I think. It's something that's something as high in that ballpark. You know, and in yeah. order to get that, you need to you need to hit you need to do all of these major tent poles correctly like you need to get the right tattoo during the bender sequence the the johnny and v tattoo mm-hmm. you need to get that mm-hmm. one you need to go on the date with rogue you need to go through the side the side quest to play the show with carrie eurodyne you need to get johnny's car you need to accumulate all of johnny's clothes you need to you need to nail all that stuff and uh getting johnny's car kind of helps you nail that stuff and when you uh the fact that to get to car you have to go against Johnny's wishes multiple times and then he's happy it actually game mechanically and narratively makes sense that this really boosts Johnny's affinity for you because mm-hmm. Johnny realizes that giving you the body is probably a good idea because you are better at knowing Johnny than Johnny is at knowing Johnny at this point right you are more helpful for Johnny than Johnny is in that moment right so mm-hmm. i feel like getting the car very nice moment and i feel like if you miss the car then the how do you get to Johnny's grave if you miss the car? Do you just have to get there you, yourself? You just get on a bike, yeah. You just they, get they, on a bike and go. They, yeah. they drop a pin. So also, I poetically drove Johnny's car to mm. um, that, to that the does grave. have a better yeah. And Johnny's a bit deaner. And while you're on the drive, Johnny's talking to you about the car, right? He's like, "Oh, I got mm. this car in 2020. Uh, it's a vintage, it's a classic from the 60s." Uh, he's telling you all about his car. And uh, I hilariously crashed it into a uh. an, 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 an invisible piece of geometry in the middle of the uh-huh. road. Uh-huh. I, I've gone through the the tape frame by frame. Uh, it was not a visible piece of geometry. Uh, I, I crashed on it, and the car flipped over, and we just kept talking as the car. Uh, you know, very fun open world moment. Open world mm-hmm. games will never be rid of that. And we get out to the grave, and uh, you know, this is the Inmedius Rest is where I I said we started the. We started this, right? You're at Johnny's grave. His real jacket, his real shoes, uh, you know, his real sunglasses, they're all down there. Mm-hmm. You know? They're all down there. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to dig it up. And Johnny's no. like, hey, my grave is a junkyard. They just dumped my carcass here. Right? And then you have this long conversation with Johnny. Does it, do either of you remember all of the decision? Oh, I definitely remember a bunch of it, and I was going to toss it to Ken here. Like, there's so many different yeah. options you have and how you respond to. Because yeah, I mean, right. he get, he gets super depressed. He's like, "This is all that's mm. left of me. This is all that." Yeah. Re- I think a lot of the side quest up to this point is Johnny kind of dealing with the fact that even though he can kind of take tourist vacations in the corporeal world and experience it in the in the backseat from V, that he like his time on on this earth this this plane is done mm. and, done and his, been over yeah yeah and and mm. more than that it's done so unceremoniously at the right. ends and uh, he's not he realizes yeah. very coldly he's not fixing uh anything he's not mm-hmm. helping anyone by continuing to uh to rage against uh uh his own death by looking for this he's not helping anything you know, right. and and this is obviously where he gets the resolve to want to, um, you know, uh, resolve things with with his his friends. This is where he obtains the ghost wishes, right? Right, right. Where, where he's like, he he met Rogue, and as you were saying, it's clear he just wanted to hang out with Rogue. That's mm-hmm. and Adam Smash was his reason for wanting to hang out. Here is where 
a humanized Johnny decides that you know let's actually explicitly on purpose hang out with Road, mm-hmm. right? And also, you know what? Let's do it with that Carrie Uridine guy that I know so well as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd want to talk to him. Uh, yeah, I think those are the two people I want to I want to hang out with. Uh, mm-hmm. Still want to kill yeah. the guy who killed me, but uh, uh also want to make sure i hang out with these you know if it you takes just, a backseat yeah if you just help me yeah. hang out with these two people that'd be cool you know i don't mm-hmm. know if it's maybe it's stupid you know whatever if you want to hang out with them and then let you hang out that mm-hmm. would be nice you know he just he goes through this long very human moment and mm-hmm. i was mm-hmm. i was a uh, very uh very moved by it i thought that was mm-hmm. i thought it was wonderful mm-hmm. ken you want to yeah, I think yeah. there I, I was a few minds of it because like, we'd been a lot of the stuff that we talk about with Johnny up to this point in the game has been a lot of like platitudes, like grand gesturing about his feelings on things without a lot of, you know, like not a lot of concrete sort of things that he does behind them where here, like you, you get, he asks what we put on his grave and you can give him they're like four answers or so. And a few of them feel like kind of like the same platitude, the same sort of grandstanding mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. he's been talking about the world at this point. Cause you can call him like a rocker boy, night city legend, or you can just like, you know, not read the room and call him a terrorist and a raging asshole if that is how you choose to do it. Because I think, you know, there are probably some people that wanted to, like, have the most antagonistic relationship with him as possible. Mm-hmm. Or you can say the guy that saved my life. And then he, that's, like, the first time he's like, oh, I have done something tangible. Because, look, that is something a lot of... Um, that, that's kind of been the, the subtext of all his angst is at this point. It's like he's dealing with the fact that nobody really remembers what he did. Like, the thing that he died mm-hmm. for, our second yeah. tower's back up. It's like, you know, everyone moved on. And it doesn't feel like he's, you know, had any sort of, like, real impact. And that's kind of, like, what he's left to see 50 years later is that, you know, Rogue has moved on, Carrie's outliving his own life, but he did save V. That is something that he did or that he, we can point to. he could save V, yeah. Right. Because um, he has the line that I think is honestly one of Keanu's better deliveries in this game where he's like, you have no idea how much I want that to be true, V. Right. And that was, that was mm-hmm. the moment where I was like, okay, this is like this was the Keanu Reeves well spent. This was the mm. like we there have been times in this game where I'm like Keanu Reeves does feel a bit like not stunt casting, but like they they yeah. got Keanu Reeves. They they're gonna use Keanu Reeves to do some stuff. But that was the moment where I was like, okay, he there was some good work put in to really use Keanu Reeves here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was Keanu's best performance of the game. I think the whole. Um, of course, you know, being a, a freak, I, I lived out every single possible scenario to capture and record and listen to all of his responses to all mm-hmm. of the possibilities in this dialogue. And uh, it's just overall very good work. Uh, Johnny's very humanized. There are times in the game where we forget that this is a man known for uh, uh, perpetrating a nuclear attack on a corporate mm-hmm. headquarters, right? Mm-hmm. Even though the game... Uh, uh, really, you know, stresses that really hard when we first meet Johnny, um, and then later we uh, we learn that Johnny did it because they had his girlfriend, right? They had his girlfriend, uh, and uh, you know they 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 messed with his girlfriend, so he wanted to just go mess with them. It wasn't any kind of anti-corpo statement, and uh, it's a little ham-fisted in the way they spell out his whole Alt Cunningham. Uh, you know, mm. we, we've encountered that part already at this point in the game. Yeah. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, uh, we've encountered that already, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we've we've, seen, all I, the, we've yeah, seen all we, the alt stuff, and we talked yeah. a lot about how that mm-hmm. felt very much like 
Johnny trying to center what was happening with Alt on himself. Like he yes. was he yeah. was the center of that. Like they're trying to get Johnny. This is Sokka getting back at Johnny and really yeah. there were much greater things going on and Johnny's just one smaller part of it's, the big pie. Yeah, in a way it's a sort of realistic characterization of this man who is this this very very male character who is mm-hmm. going to be uh, uh centered later in this uh, this optional but uh, integrally important midlife crisis narrative, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he's like, they just don't like me because I sing songs about how they suck. It's like, no, your girlfriend is uh, uh, some extremely elite person who's being targeted uh, uh, on purpose by these people, right? So it's like uh, uh, Johnny takes it personally because uh, uh, that's what that kind of dude does, mm-hmm. right? And it's revealed that even for all the the anti-corpo politics, whatever happened to him in the war that comes to a head in his music, um, and you know his his gesticulations and uh, mm-hmm. his waving a gun at the crowd at his final show, like what whatever uh, whatever all of that actually really is, the the game is sweetly, if a little ham-fistedly at that point in the Alt Cunningham flashback, uh, communicates to you that it was all personal for Johnny. That uh, mm. his 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 terrorist attack it was personal, um, more than it was anything else. His his ma- manifesto that he wrote up, that we have Jesse from Final Fantasy VII say, who wrote this right? <laughs> like uh, uh, like all like that. Uh, I mean that's literally Jesse from the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I, I only just now made that connection, and now I'm just like, oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, yeah in that my, is. I, I didn't realize until I was making my video that it's like, oh, that's Jesse, and she says. She questions your mental state while unlocking a door, which is mm-hmm. the same thing she does in the opening mission of Final Fantasy VII Remake to Cloud. She's like, you sure this guy's all right? And she's opening the door. It's like, wow, <laughs> that's uh, interesting typecasting. So it's, uh, um, very, it's you know, very interesting. It's like, we, we got an actress who can uh, pull off computer hacker opening a door while also commenting on uh, uh, whether this guy's okay or not. Uh, so it's like, it's, I mean, it's really, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, an interesting little uh, connection I made there. <laughs> but it's, uh, so it's like, it was all personal for him. You know, the manifesto that is uh, alluded to by the quite excellent voice actress as being uh, weird uh, and over the top and inauthentic, uh, it turns out was just an inauthentic veneer placed atop the fact that Johnny wanted something to be personal but as you know this this manly machismo uh, macho man he didn't want didn't want to say this is personal he didn't want to admit it was personal especially because he was committing this terrorist act with uh, uh his erstwhile lover uh rogue mm-hmm. his his mm-hmm. could have been great love of his life if he had just gotten over himself and allowed himself to welcome into his life uh a a, a woman uh, who is as powerful as he wishes he was, right? Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. the 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 core of their relationship, which is again like deepened and strengthened with the all the science fiction ghost stuff that goes on. So it's like like the fact that uh, you know he he's like in, in he's like posturing for her while pining for the 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 woman he lost. Then mm-hmm. he's by pretending to be some uh, anti corporate anarcho uh you know rocker when really he's just uh he's just torn in multiple directions by just his inability to effectively communicate with women 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I found that just kind of a very affecting thing. And the fact that at the end here in the junkyard, he's, uh, you know, I was, I, I had fully marinated in all of that while viewing, while just, you know, playing the game. You know, I played it at a nice, slow, leisurely pace, even though it was shocking uh, everybody and all the missions. Um, like I, I, I had fully marinated in that at the time he's sitting here and he's like, I kind of, you know, maybe I should hang out with rogue. Right. And he's like saying that he's like, maybe we should talk to her. Just like to, you know, talk to her, you know, if you can just call her up and ask her out on a date. Right. I thought that was just a very sweet, nice little thing. And the fact that there are, uh, in order to win that dialogue, you have to not, uh, platitudinize Johnny, right? exactly. Yeah. But you also have to not super antagonize him, uh, except there's like one of the decisions you can antagonize. You do sort of call him a jerk, uh, but yeah. then he's also the jerk who saved your life. And it's right. like you have to really, really attunedly read and translate Johnny. You have to read Johnny and then translate him into another language. And, and in order to win that dialogue in a way that boosts you high enough mm. to get the secret ending, mm. which is the secret ending is the one where Johnny says, you know what? I don't want to endanger Rogue. Uh, let's just you and me go in there guns blazing and you have a real lots of guns matrix kind of ending. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so I think ending with with the idea that you're going to call Rogue up is is really like segueing into you're talking about the 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 ghost wishes right like the idea of if he could it's a mixture of if he could do it over again what would he change and also like what will he do now that he has this chance and it is a very like like rogue as a character to johnny we've kind of always seen her as she has been a companion for sure but also never really framed as like a, a flame of Johnny's yes, like yes. There's, there's almost like, like Johnny keeps her at arm's distance. Like mm-hmm. he knows that rogue is into him in some way. And, and he makes so many comments about like, Oh, I know rogue. She can't say no mm-hmm. to me. I can play mm-hmm. her. We got, and yeah, but even him, that, even that's just macho posturing. Where, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even probably more so than a lot of anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. He does uh, uh, near, uh, you know, uh, anything else he does near Rogue in Rogue's orbit, I think uh-huh. those are, that's that's the macho, uh, the macho guy way of saying, yeah, I really respect her, and uh, uh, I think maybe maybe she likes me. I don't know. Like it's so, uh, yeah. I was just gonna say, and so you're going on a date, and and it's like this idea of like, oh, that's what she really, you know. I always said I'd take her on a date, so we'll we'll give her mm. what she wants, and and there is like two parts of me, yeah. where where I'm like, part of me is like, yeah rogue might like that part of me is also like this is a very like oh rogue would definitely want to go on a date with me as like mm-hmm. the last and i was like oh, johnny you're trying you're trying you're trying very hard right now yeah <laughs> and it's it's a real sort of a make or break moment uh in this narrative because it's like it's make or break for you know the 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 critic uh, the critic mm-hmm. who's like um uh, you know, it's it's possible. It's possible to write a dude story, a midlife crisis dude story like this, without, uh, you know, being aware of kind of just how sad it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of possible, and it's like 
how's this date with Rogue gonna go? And it, it does not go super well. Oh, it right. does not. And the fact that it does not go super well is where you learn, oh, this was somewhat sensitively written, uh, at, mm. at the very least. Right. So, uh, you know, it's... Uh, his his midlife crisis isn't going well. So the the rogue date represents a spinoff from a side quest that was pitched to us, the time investor of this video game. It was mm-hmm. pitched to us as a side quest that was tacked on to the main quest. So the main mm-hmm. quest is mm-hmm. like, can you do this thing for me? It's just kill Adam Smasher. And then it kind of frisbees off, you know, and mm-hmm. it becomes its own little thing. And then it fizzles out. And it's like the only tangible thing Johnny got out of it was the car that, you know, he wasn't, that if, if he'd followed his own, if he had been in control, he wouldn't have even gotten the car, right? Mm. Like, mm. Uh, so it's like, you know, he get all of this stuff. It's like, he's like, ah, man, you know, you can start to really, truly bodily believe Johnny does just want to let V have the body after a couple of things. And you're now willing to indulge him and, in, you know, let him do a couple more things. And what he wants to do is so much less elaborate than what he's asked you to do to this point. To this point, he's asked you to do espionage and, uh, you know, murder, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, you know, infiltration of some docks and, you know, all of this, you know, to kill a man at gunpoint. He's asked you to do all of this, uh, this black bag stuff. And now he's like, can you just take this girl out on a date? I guess that's it's it's like, oh, this is what you should have done. What Johnny could have done if he mm-hmm. doing it all over again. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like he's now doing it all over again, all over again, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this mm-hmm. is what he probably should have just done in the beginning is take Rogue on the date. And the fact that that video game quest is what leads into it is perhaps what leads Rogue to uh, uh, in, a, in just a, a, you know, a master stroke, just a, a slap in the face to Mass Effect fans everywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rogue, Rogue cuts off the uh the the, 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 the sexual scene. intercourse yeah. scene she cuts it off and she goes no that's tacky mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like we're that's, it's, that's, we're not gonna do like, that it's amazing because <laughs> right? it's this whole like very I, I part of me is like resident to use this framing but it is very like oh if if i could do it all over again if i could go back in time and and, and talk to that one girl i never talked to and take her to the movie mm. theater it's like very um, like Archie, like Ar- Archie and oh, Veronica, yeah. you know, like going mm-hmm. to the movies and, and watching the big picture and the pictures you can flip through are such like drive-in movie crap. Like Johnny even comments like, oh, they have that that one that I love. It's like a super action-y, like gory thing. And he's like, yeah, it's great because you don't have to pay attention to the flick, man. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh my God. He's got and, he's got this 1970s like dude, uh, mm-hmm. again, this boomer idea of what a good date movie he, is. He's a uh, John Travolta from Greece, you know, yeah. he's, he's trying to show up to the drive-in with Sandy and they get into the same argument that, that those two characters get into. Of, I mean, you know, Gre- he tries to be the cool guy and, and Rogue is just not having any of that. I mean, Greece and Archie are two really good touchstones for cyberpunk because uh, cyberpunk does borrow a lot of 50s, 60s, 70s Abs- uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind yeah. of, uh, kind of nostalgias uh, that are just kind of katamaried in there. So mm-hmm. it's uh it really is just kind of a, a dude taking like the first of all, how how weird is it that it's like there's a drive in movie theater? Like when did movies die? Right? 
Like when right. is the like when when did they die? As per the uh, the world building of this story, like when did people stop going to the movies and, and start just watching brain dances? Brain dances, and stuff? yeah. Is it when yeah. brain dances became popular? We have that very excellent side quest line about brain dances, uh, about the 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 uh, the passion mm-hmm. brain dance. Mm-hmm. We have that one. So it's like you know when did when did that become more popular than going to the movies? When did people enjoying stuff by themselves uh, become more popular than hanging out with a mm-hmm. girl at a flick? You know, and it's like <laughs> uh, up until what point uh, in this world building uh, were optimistically drive-ins uh, a popular thing? And I guess the COVID pandemic brought drive-ins back briefly, didn't it? So mm-hmm. yeah, is that is that in the world building of this game, right? That, Potentially, is that, is that, who knows? Is that accounted for? So it's you know, there's there's all that, and it's like, uh, yeah, the date doesn't go well. No, um, it does and not. And then at the conclusion yep. of the date, um. Johnny just goes, well, all right, uh, you know, maybe I should uh, talk to Carrie. How's that? He's just like, he's now reaching for a third thing. So like all, uh, you know, quote unquote, good friends, uh, you know, Johnny's Johnny, he's, he's a very specific type of dude who, uh, in his life, he exuded being in charge, right? Mm-hmm. You know, m- most likely in, in his, in his lifetime, he was in charge, but he didn't know what the heck he was doing. And now that he's removed corporeally from uh, his own life, the decisions he makes are all just kind of fizzling out. And he's learning, mm-hmm. he's learning that this is, he is right now, you know, uh, being John Malkovich windowed into a world that whether it needs him or not has nothing to do with it. It is, it is a world without him. Right. Mm, He's mm -hmm. he is right now looking in on a world that does not have him. And he has now learned in triplicate three, you know, quick little little beats. Mm -hmm. He's seen that this is a world without me. Uh, Do I want to continue to try to be in this world? Right. By Mm -hmm. uh, telling you to pull the trigger on the guy. Let's kill Adam Smasher. I want to see Rogue do it. That's a. Uh, proof that i'm here you know it's authenticity am i authentically here in this world is Mm -hmm. this a world with me or is this a world without me rogue uh, perhaps soured by the video game side quest that led into our date it was only after uh uh, accompanying our mans here through a uh, a video game uh as heck video game quest that she decided you know that uh, she was that she was asked out on a date Uh, Mm -hmm. perhaps if she'd just been asked out on a date it would have gone better right there's that is that that kind of sublimely plays into it i feel like that was whether that was intended by the writers or not i don't know though you know the the date is bad perhaps because she had to do some video game stuff to even get asked that's you know that's one thing and then at the end of it he's like okay let's try this one more thing (laughs) if it can't be uh revenge and if it can't be and but i mean of course we should point out that the rogue side quest completing that quest unlocks the rogue ending path right mm-hmm. right so does it yeah i she, think so yeah, yeah that's yeah. how you get her to be an option to call at the end of you know the uh go see hanako and ember's quest you do have the you obtain her as an option if you get through that quest because you do it, it constitutes unfinished business but it is also a nice sort of dangling uh non-cliffhanger it's a nice little a crescendo to their relationship mm. it's uh y- you can seek resolution on it but uh at uh, at risk of life uh, mm-hmm. at, uh 
I mean, you know, this is 100% spoilered, right? Like, a rogue dies if you follow the rogue ending quest, right? So she dies. Mm-hmm. So, like, the only way to resolve your story um, uh, with Rogue, the only way to resolve Johnny and Rogue's story uh, through any tender moments whatsoever is to ra- just get on, on an on-rails segment that results in her in her uh, brutal death uh, at the mm-hmm. hands of Adam Smasher. So it's, uh, you know, there is a little bit of a resolution that comes before that. Uh, the secret ending Rogue encounter is uh, a little stilted in a manner that makes me feel like it's not intended to be the real ending uh so the secret ending does feel a little ingenuine um which is not yep. uh, the, not not for the best i the, think the thing i wanted to bring up about the rogue stuff specifically sure, with the sure. date i um and and i'll, I'll pitch this over to ken too because i think you have some thoughts on this but uh what rogue says after you you know you you start to have intimate moments <laughs> with rogue uh and then she like pushes johnny slash v back is like it's not right. It's not fair. And you can kind of be like, oh, what to V? Like, it's not cool to do this to V. And and Rogue brings up, no, it's not fair to you, Johnny. Like, it's it's yeah. not not it's not unfair to Rogue. And it's not unfair to V. It's unfair to Johnny because uh, Rogue explicitly is like, I was trying to be the old me and, and, like, give you this moment, give you this night, and I can't. I'm not that person anymore. And V yeah. can't really do that for you either. And it wouldn't be fair to try and prop you up with this fantasy that you can still just recapture those moments. And that, that is a gut punch of an ending to Mm -hmm. this quest. And and Ken, I think you had some thoughts on that too. Yeah. So I'm I'm a few minds on it because like it, one, it plays into like, we, I think we might've kind of glossed over earlier, like on the ship where rogue is kind of like implying to V who is in control of the body at this point, that there is something bigger than smasher like you know johnny's very insistent like oh i know what rogue needs she, she needs to go kill smasher that's her unfinished business and here she's talking about uh you know what johnny thinks of her is you know that's 50 years in the past like she's trying he is trying to resolve things with somebody who has had half a century to kind of like move on and become a new person like become a new person have new problems have new worldviews, and what's well, you know, this ending is, like, kind of more explosive on that front. I think the carry stuff as well that we'll get to kind of ends on a similar note of, like, one character being upset by, the, you know, like, sort of these references to her past, where another character becomes more enticed by that, like, more enticed by, like, oh, here is this thing that is going to beckon back to 50 years ago. And, again, like like I was saying earlier, like, there's this mythic communication between, like, four different people happening here about, like, what everyone wants and is getting out of this. And... Again, like like we were just saying, like you can only really resolve or even talk about in any more concrete way the rogue stuff if you take that ending that does ultimately lead down the path it does. And so I just think it's like an interesting thing because like we're gonna again like we're gonna leave this this quest line. John's gonna be like real real pleased with himself. He's gonna be like, oh yeah, I fixed Carrie. I gave Carrie the thing he needed, not realizing yeah. that Carrie walked away, uh-huh. kind of messed up about everything that's happened right now. Um, so because I I think like. My, in terms of like my vision of this this game story and the ending that I choose, like I think it's very important to me to recognize that Johnny is not accomplishing what he thinks he is. He's very certain of himself. He's very he thinks yes. he knows these people that he can manipulate everybody and he knows exactly what these people need and want, and that he's not really going to get the awakening to like what is actually happening here until it's too late. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why the Johnny ending path uh, 
if you if you if you let Johnny keep the body at the end of the game, it's, it's uh, kind of thoroughly thoroughly sad his ending mm. for like a million billion reasons that uh, we don't we need to get into. But it's uh, he's he's <laughs> not he doesn't accomplish anything, and then V lets him have the body at the end, and uh, I feel like that's uh, if I can just say it, that's the wrong choice mm. to make mm-hmm. as the player of the game. Like uh, it is it is very spelled out to you. Um, and past a certain point, it's no longer a personality test asking you the question, do you love Keanu Reeves? It's like, <laughs> it's like a, did you pay attention during right. his quest line at all? Mm. And mm. it's like, he's not getting what he wants and he, he can't get what he wants. Um, but he thinks he got it. And then, but you do have that moment of humility. Like when, when he, when, when you tell him you're going to let him keep the body at the very end, if you choose that, he's just like, what? Are you serious? Like he's, he really doesn't want it. Right? Did anybody mm-hmm. else get that point? That point? Like, so it's a. Uh, he's like, I can't fix it with Rogue. Let's hang out with Carrie, right? Let's go mm-hmm. see how mm-hmm. Carrie's doing. I hear Carrie's out of a rough patch in yeah. his life. I can fix Carrie. Let's show up and mess up Carrie's life a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump <laughs> yeah. in and meet Carrie, and then uh, even that doesn't go. That that goes better than the Rogue thing because. Uh, Johnny's uh, rather than getting something for himself, uh, they do ultimately have a, a a samurai reunion gig, the likes of which mm-hmm. no one in the world would have ever expected. Uh, you know, bands don't get together again after fifty years, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, so the fact that he pitches this reunion gig and it happens, but you can't have the full band because you can you have to choose yeah. either the yeah. you, you have to choose one of the people. That's very smart. That's another another. Uh, uh, they 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 really kind of give you multiple flavors of incompleteness to Johnny's uh, wish fulfillment, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole you got to choose which one of these band members you want. You can't have the full band. We the player have never really seen the full band uh, mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. a show from a first person perspective. Uh, you know, looking at the band, we've been you know POV on the stage, but we've never really looked at the band as a as a, a, a you know a spectator. So it's like we don't really know the full shape of what the band looks like, but it's like mm-hmm. we we know that it's incomplete. Johnny's not super disappointed when that happens, but uh, they do play a show, and it's almost like Johnny's like, uh, the tangible, the lasting, long tail impact of that side quest on the world of the game is there are people in attendance there who get to say they saw Samurai get back together, right? right. But there was just some weird guy playing the guitar, and mm-hmm. uh, the the drummer wasn't there, mm-hmm. right? And it's like that's basically it's just kind of Carrie, and uh, so it's like when you when you consider that, I think that's really interesting, because uh, it's like to the spectator, it's like, I guess it was kind of a say they played samurai songs, I guess. <laughs> It's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's seeing the band back together, but it's not even the band. Like to use a really like dumb and revealing example of my own, I love the band Taking Back Sunday because they were huge for me when when I was growing up. And yeah, that that band is not the same as it was mm-hmm. back then. You know, it, it'd be like trying to see I don't know like the Eagles or something now. Like it's it's not the same personnel. It's not. You can see the band that is touring under that name, but even in this like wild wish fulfillment moments, you can't have the perfect recreation of what they originally had with Samurai. It's just impossible. Yeah. I've got a weird example of that, which is like my favorite, uh, one of my favorite bands. I'm not going to say my favorite band. One of my favorite bands, Zazen boys is, uh, mm-hmm. it's not, uh, 
It's not the same people it was at the beginning. It's not the same personnel. It's it's one of the it's, the, it's one guy is left, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, but at the same time, that one guy's previous band, Number Girl, is now back together after twenty two years. Twenty years broken up. They're back together and playing shows with the original lineup, miraculously reunited, which is just bonkers to think about. So. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's uh, the the one band that is the real continuing band is, quote unquote, inauthentic. You know, a little bit, maybe you know, too much about rock and roll going on here, but it's uh, it's interesting. So well, it's, anyway, it's that replica stuff we were talking about again, too, yeah. Like, what is the authentic music that is coming from this? And I think that segues neatly into the Carrie stuff, which Ken, yes. I can give you the floor a little bit to talk about <laughs> Carrie. Yeah. But yeah, we, we go sneak into Carrie's house and talk to Carrie. And obviously that is kind of a messy encounter. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's, um, like, it, it, there's a lot of feelings we had. Cause like, I mean, part of me gets like a little skeptical of, because like, how could you tell somebody with somebody just cause they played a guitar, right? Like, that's, that seems, you know, that seems fake, but that's fine. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We, I probably um, could. I could, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've been in bands, uh, you know, full disclosure, I've been in in uh, in about twenty six bands in my life. Uh, too many bands. I, I I know too many guitarists. I feel like that rings a little bit true. Um, sure, I, I feel I, like. And I mean, but that that is a bad riff, though. It's not a very exciting riff. Sure. It's not uh, a noticeable riff. Like yeah, you would think not, something not, like a solo or like something with a little right. bit more personality, uh, that's, that's not just like the part in Johnny's ending where the kid is like, "I've never heard anybody play Silverhand like that before." It's like, what you've never been to a guitar center at like three p.m. on a Tuesday? Oh my right? god, the guitar <laughs> centers in Night City have to be just filled with samurai riffs. The way that like smoke on the water is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Lord. So my my first like. The thing my brain would immediately go to is like, oh, a crazy samurai fan has broken into my house and is playing my guitars <laughs> playing my guitar. and is playing my old songs. That is what, and, but he's like, you know, he immediately wonders if that's Johnny. And I'm like, sure, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. A um, solo would have been better if he'd been like yeah, right. really yeah. wailing on a solo. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. like a good lead guitarist who, who plays solos. Uh, there's an inimitable signature in... Uh, a mm. guitar, a, a good guitarist's uh, solo playing style. Mm-hmm. That even a simple sounding solo, it's just not like that main, you know, that that main boring riff. The, I don't mm-hmm. know, not an exciting yeah. riff. I'm sorry. Yeah, but then he, um, you know, he realizes who it is, and that, like they have that, they have that like really good moment. It was like Johnny, Carrie, yeah. like, and and honestly, we did, we don't He's need to spend too much time on this. But... Holding it on, yeah. Yeah, 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 and we don't need to spend too much time on this. But like I was telling Eric on when we were on Blood God yesterday that um. It's very telling to me about Keanu's performance where the points in which uh, v, like, like Johnny has uh, control of the body, the voice actors for V also just kind of like mimic his delivery. And like these two like very dynamic, very good performances that I think both those two actors have had in this game up to this point, it's just very suddenly flat. Like, mm-hmm. like oh okay like like, like female v doing silver hand is almost kind of funny in a way because it sounds uh, like yeah. doing an impersonation of it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean imagine imagine paying millions of dollars to keanu reeves for your video game allocating millions of budget dollars whatever we don't know how much what his paycheck was imagine all that money and then just uh maybe like 30% of his dialogue, just like overlaying another, another guy's voice on it. Someone trying to imitate him over it. Uh, Ah, yeah. 
But you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of money spend I can honestly get behind because it's, it's uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, I love it. Yeah, but then Terry just backhands V, and that's like mm-hmm. V. This, mm-hmm. You're gonna be kissing this face in a minute, so stop it. Um, <laughs> and then so like you know, they have this moment where they're catching up, and Carrie is like in various stages of like excited but then gets like very like pissed very fast because i think like you know when you see somebody that you have not seen in a long time you know the memories come back in waves and you feel a certain way as you keep going but then johnny tells carrie about what's going on then we get like a you know a cut to what's until what time later they move to the living area and they're watching old samurai vids and getting mm-hmm. nostalgic mm-hmm. we also ask about um we can ask about this photo of a woman that's sitting on his coffee table and that's his ex-wife and she like they've mm-hmm. been divorced but she got the kids and the you know the, the house, house in tokyo, in tokyo or something yeah. and i was like all right cool so i'm a stepdad all right um stepdad to kids so, who are older than you by the way <laughs> two kids that are most likely older than me yeah and um yeah, that and that never goes away like <laughs> that, that never goes away they like the entire the entire mansion is it's huge but it looks like it just like a razor just got finished there or carries like a this it looks like a grand. It looks mess. like a Grand Theft Auto online player's uh, ideal yes. house. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. average Grand Theft Auto Five player's favorite like ideal uh, real world house. <laughs> yeah, it, it gave me very much like the the Fenris Mansion in Dragon Age Two, where like you you come to that place later and it's just like filled with dead bodies that the game just never like moves or cleans up. Like no, in, like no sort of like idea that somebody has been around is like you know what maybe this place needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then that does eventually get into, like, they spend so much time reminiscing and talking about stuff that they're like, what if we just got the band back together? And, you know, it's like, it sounds like a, a pipe dream, but Carrie's very excited about it. Johnny yeah. starts to, like, realize, oh, the, well, and we actually, we did gloss over this as well. There had been talks in, like, what they basically say is like a, a gossip rag that, like, Carrie had attempted suicide. And um, you can ask him about it. He's like, no, that's a PR, PR stunt. And I was like, that feels like you're a deflecting. Deflection. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and not so, depressed. It's a PR strategy. <laughs> right. Um, and then so Johnny's like, you know, starts to get into this idea. It's like, no, Carrie needs this. this like, you know, there's a point when we get control back where we're like, is this going to go like Rogue? And, then, and Johnny's very much like, no, 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 I got it this time. We're, we're good. We know this is exactly what he needs. And it kind of does go pretty well, doesn't it? Overall. You know, in theory. Yeah. yeah it could, it I mean, up to the hard. end, when, you know, when, when it's end. over. When yeah. it's over, that's when like you know the reality thing steps in. We do. We but, do also have to engage in a number of quests to get all those people together too, or at least yeah. uh, one major those, one. Those are nice. Yeah, there's the the one in the Maelstrom Club, uh, which I think is the which, best showcase of the graphics in the game. By the yeah, way, yeah, that Weirdly. was a really cool looking area. Walking down into the club where there's the raging crowd and there's music yeah, being yeah. played. And Johnny loves the music. Remember that? He's like, well, this, I, I'd play here. This room is pretty yeah. good. <laughs> Um, which I actually didn't realize until we were playing for, through for the show that like how differently that that quest can go because when I yeah because it was all depending on what you did in that first Maelstrom quest over like episode two um, where because like in my original playthrough where I was kind of just kind of I was mostly mainlining not really like giving too much of care because I was playing for work um, I I had to like break. Uh, Nancy, known by I guess her pen name, Best Isis, I had to break her out, and we had to like shoot our mm-hmm. way out. Where this time, because I had um, because I had saved who, who what's his name, 
you, you had taken the path where you, did you take the the tracker out of the chip or whatever? Because no, what I no. Did. So I so I you have to rescue the previous leader of the males. Yeah, from, I'm trying to who's, remember what his name is. is oh. Wayne Grow, something like that. That's a heat reference. Uh, there's <laughs> I was a, about to say. I was like, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> Wendell? Is that his name? His name is Royce. I'm sorry. Again, Royce. doing the thing where I pretend to not remember stuff. So if you, if please, you, please remember stuff because <laughs> I don't remember stuff. If, if so you if, if you manage to save Royce, which was, ah, uh, man, I think, I think uh, right at the end, uh, at the at, at, after I finished doing all my thinking about the game, um, and after my review was out, I sat in the dark. And I thought that Maelstrom quest early in the game, the the Maelstrom quest, that's the whole game, you know, mm. like mm. Uh, the the Maelstrom quest with all those multiple options for how to do it and right. all those quests leading in. Clearly, every single major quest of the game was supposed to have that much, that many mm. like tendrils mm. coming mm. out of it, right? Mm. It was supposed to have that many tendrils, and th- that this Maelstrom club where you go through to with Bess Isis that's where you finally get the payoff for one of the decisions you made Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the Maelstrom quest and it's if you freed Royce it goes very well he's like hey I remember you you're a cool guy Uh, I'll let you here you go just have a good time but if you don't if you didn't rescue him it goes very badly and it's actually the hardest fight in the whole game Mm -hmm. Uh, I've done yeah I remember being really tough I've run the numbers. That's the hardest. That's the hardest fight in the game based on like enemy level and the amount of damage they're doing. If you yeah. uh, if you enter it as a person who's been just shocking everyone, not a whole <laughs> lot of use for the short circuit right there in that one that kill box. It's a kill box, right? Mm. Like mm-hmm. uh, like uh, that's a. Uh, but also that's a neat. Uh, and then you also have a really fun shootout on the way out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. uh, there's that's a it's a really good video game level that's just kind of seamlessly. Uh, you know, highway exit ramped right here in the middle of this mm-hmm. long quest, and uh, you know, again, it's the final, it's the, the the end point for that that Maelstrom quest earlier in the game. Yeah. It's a real good little quest, right mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. with beautiful graphics. Mm-hmm. And and after we get Bess Isis out, she kind of probes us a little bit because, but she's in there doing kind of a you know in in the middle of it documentary thing and she is you know i kind of like her whole vibe and i was kind of like oh this oh, character yeah. i wish we we got more of this character because the, the journalist former That's, rocker boy turned journalist is yeah so she's cool. one of the one of the core cyberpunk tabletop rpg character mm-hmm. classes right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one that uh we need to see uh in a DLC, I would think, I would assume. I, I would, I would hope, because we we only get like two quote unquote members of the media really in the in yeah. the course of this game, and both of them are just played off to be total scumbags. And yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, I get it, I get where this game is kind of coming from, and it has like it is it is punk, and so like disliking corporate media, I get that, and even just viewing mm-hmm. the idea of like gossip rags is very punk and all that, but. I was kind of like, oh, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of this character mm-hmm. and just get some more of like that side of the world that feels very unexplored compared to other mm-hmm. aspects of Night City. Media is so mm-hmm. important in the cyberpunk genre in general. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, I know this ain't no Toys R Us a shopping spree here, but while we're on this topic, I'd love to say, man, I really just it would be so cool if they did some some cool DLCs of cyberpunk that like don't involve mm-hmm. Johnny. 
silver hand you know they're not uh, knock, an origin. knock on like, wood there like i mean just just give me a little a little self control use that city keanu's keanu's back in the booth for for this new he is yeah. liberty isn't he yeah, yeah so. they're they're kind of uh you know before the 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 word plot hole had the meaning it has now i used to call that <laughs> i used to call that a plot hole you get in a hole for your plot and you're like let's oh. just let's just keep digging this hole and it's like we're gonna go back to this part before the conclusion. Let's not deal with the consequences. That's all for the sequel. The conclusion of the game, we can deal with that in Cyberpunk that 2078. Was, um, that was the Fallout Three problem, right? Was Fallout mm-hmm. Three had a very mm-hmm. definite ending to how that character dies to the point that they wrote, was it Fox? The super mutant was like, "No, I can't go in there for the radiation. This is your choice, my friend." Yeah, absolutely. And then they had to find a way to write around that to put like post-launch DLC into that game. And I, I just really think a non V character post DLC for Cyberpunk would be neat, and I think a, a journalist would be a cool. Oh, no. like a, journal- a complete standalone, like a um, was it Com- Minerva's Den that did something like that in yeah. Bioshock Two, where you played a completely different character and yeah, you just kind of had I mean, a little standalone campaign. Treat that city, that beautiful city they spent all that time working on. Treat it like a like a oh, game no, engine. Right? Mm-hmm. Is what I was treat it like yeah. a game engine. And just exactly. take the city and give me new stories in there. So many mm-hmm. of the side quests involve you turning a corner you've never turned before, going into a building you've never been able to go into before. And wow, it's a AAA video game in here, dude. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, just do that for another building uh, or several other buildings. Have me a journalist quest. Tie it into the mayor hacking stuff, Morgan Blackhand, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. link all that stuff up. Uh, the, the journalist, like, the best ISIS was actually a really really neat little character where it's like she turned it she's become a journalist and it Mm -hmm. makes sense and uh the journalism she's doing uh while we don't really get we don't linger on it uh it's enough for me to get interested i'm no academy award voter you know i don't uh i don't i don't uh you know movies that are about movies or writers always win the awards right so it's Mm -hmm. but it's like i kind of wouldn't mind seeing it we don't have too many AAA video games about writers or investigators. And we, it's, it, we don't. It seems like there's enough little t- tantalizing hints in Cyberpunk that are like, oh, a narrative like that could be really exciting. Um, so I thought just, that during that Maelstrom segment. Exactly. Times. And just to move it along through this next stuff, we get Bess Isis on board. Uh, we also have a bit of a problem with getting the other two as as we talked about before two of the other band members uh i'm scrolling to remember their names all of a sudden nan uh, nancy denny and henry denny and henry. Denny denny and henry henry where did i get nancy from that's, that's <laughs> the real name nancy is best isis oh nancy's best isis that's right yeah um yeah so denny and henry are having a bit of a spat so one of one of them i believe denny is the one that lives near um like like lives in the same district as Carrie mm. does, and and he has that line about how like oh Denny moved here, but we don't really talk much, which is yeah. a nice little flavor text. Yeah, but, yeah. There's a I, I he ever had a situation like that? I had a situation like that. I had, oh, I lived down yes. the street from my absolutely. I, I had a good friend for a real long time, and uh, we you know hung out whenever we were in the same city as each other, and then I moved into the same city as him for seven years, and I lived a mile away, and we hung out like four times. Ken and I once lived very close to each other and never hung out while we were there. <laughs> oh, wild! Ken, I mean, still don't fault? know why. Well, it was my it fault. It's, I was it's going the, through stuff. All right, <laughs> it's, it's it's the opportunity thing too. It's like if you lived in Hawaii, do you really think you'd go outside every day? No, right. You'd stay right. inside mm-hmm. and be like, I can go out whenever I want. 
Is, you really yeah, think is, you'd go to the beach every day if you lived in Hawaii? Is your life going to change that much? Right? Yeah, it's like I've spent tendencies. enough time in Hawaii to know, uh-oh, maybe I wouldn't go to the beach every day. Maybe there would be days I just stay inside and eat ice cream mm-hmm. and watch TV. Right? So, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that happens. It, so uh, Denny, and, Denny and Carrie get that. They, they're, so they're a nice little, nice little uh, you know, embodiment of that. But also, maybe they weren't really super good friends to begin with, and once the mm. band is broken up, they don't really have anything to talk about. Right. You know? Not right. speaking from experience with that either, but, uh, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, like Nancy does say um, that when, cause, you know, we get, when we're trying to sell her on a thing, we're like, oh, you'll get to see your friends again. And, and then she's like, no, Carrie and Johnny were friends. The rest of us were part of the band. Yeah. So, yeah. That whole central, the whole central the centralization of like a crew like that. You know, you you miss the life of the party and such, right? You know, yeah. J- Johnny was the life of that particular party. Um, um, so in a way, this band quest is a a good way for uh, for Johnny to uh, actually, you know, feed his ego a little bit and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. re-inhabit a space where he was very important, right? Right. And so we we get to Denny's place and we find that Henry has filled the pool with concrete. <laughs> in some way as 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 a get back at denny over long-held tensions between them in a very almost this gave me like fleetwood mac vibes where i was like wow everybody is pissed at each other right now and i like the sort of dynamics that you have to to navigate here as carrie is not really wanting to settle the conflict between them and you have to kind of step in in lieu of johnny and you basically have to pick who you want to show up at the at the show. And I I went with I went with Denny uh, because yeah. I feel like the concrete thing is just a bit excessive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just I don't feel like this was a compelling choice because I don't feel like the game made it compelling. I don't feel like anyone yeah is ma- given any like real re- like none of these fucking men will stand up for this mm. woman who's clearly being wronged right now. Mm-hmm. There, there's, and then when you, well, there's that aspect, mm-hmm. yes. And then you, I, then when you find out like the actual truth of what happened between the relationship is that Henry like fucked her over repeatedly, and then when she was like, "I'm not bailing you out anymore," and just like left him on the street one day, he held mm-hmm. his grudge and was like, "Oh no, she stood up for herself. God fucking forbid." So I like this in terms of building them out as absolute scumbags. <laughs> I like I like the idea of showing that like this band is not made up of totally redeemable characters. I like that Henry just sucks and Mm. Henry sucks, but he made good music with Samurai. And I feel like that is a very good like musician story, Mm. like the idea of someone who is just an irredeemable asshole, but he played his instrument well. So we just kind of right. dealt with his shit and, and all those now that they have now splintered and, and gone apart and you're trying to force this all back together, you are going to see those pieces kind of mm-hmm. jut into each other awkwardly and create conflict and tension because mm-hmm. honestly they were all probably living their best lives. And now you're suddenly coming back in and right. causing all, all of them to rehash all their old fights and stuff that they had probably long left in the past. But so. Johnny Johnny just wants to play a show again because mm-hmm. he wants the love of the crowd, right? If he can't get it from anywhere else, he just wants yeah. to hear the love of a crowd. Again, a crowd who's looking at a stage and not actually seeing Samurai. Exactly. Right? So they're, exactly. they're seeing Carrie Eurodyne and uh, a, a friend and then uh-huh. some guy nobody knows, right? It's a little, uh, it's it's quite bittersweet. And, uh, and mm-hmm. Nancy is there as well. 
Um, so it's like they're just it's like they're not really getting the whole thing. Johnny is not getting exactly what he wants. Carrie, you know, you you're kind of kicking open the door, and uh, I don't know if there's cut content or anything involving all of the other band members. Probably not. Carrie and uh, Johnny were the core friendship. They have that tender moment mm-hmm. when Johnny mm-hmm. says goodbye to him. Uh, when the, he's uh, you know going off on the mission that's uh, going to get him nuclear killed and soul killed, right? So it's uh, <laughs> Car- Carrie and Johnny are they're they're the core of the friendship. You're kicking open the door and you're just uh, you know pouring salt and lemon juice in the old wounds. And then uh, uh, at the end, Carrie's like he's like he seems satisfied and happy. He's playing the guitar, but obviously he's not because um, you know he's still missing. Uh, he was he's still missing something that he was always missing right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and i mean again this isn't the carry episode so uh, we can gracefully cut it off there but he's missing yeah. something that he was always missing in his life and interestingly that wasn't johnny fascinatingly that was never mm-hmm. that wasn't johnny right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's uh it's uh and then you know there's the part where you're talking to him in his house right you know at when we're about mm-hmm. to kick off mm-hmm. the whole getting the band back together quest and you're like, so I heard you were depressed and you tried to kill yourself and whatever. And he's like, oh, that's just a promo strategy for the big mm. comeback. And it's like, you're just like, man, no, it's not right. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, mm-hmm. I mean, sure, right? In the in in the uh, in in the world of Cyberpunk 2077, where we we don't have uh, a Twitter, I guess uh, there's there's still no. It's still based on the old boomer idea of no such thing as bad publicity, right? Mm. You know, right, the, the, right. The, me, the Me Too era never occurred in uh right. in uh in the world of cyberpunk 2077 so they're they're they that's the invention of bad publicity uh it'll go down in history so it's like there there is such a thing as bad publicity in the real world not so much in the cyberpunk world there's a way to spin it but there's also it's like no this man is is uh is broken in a couple of ways uh mm-hmm. aren't we all etc um there's this uh this romance opportunity for him and johnny to actually understand each other and they just won't mm. right they they won't they're gonna they're gonna have this this hollow show again you know to say nothing of the quality of the music right this uh this hollow like sub parappa the rapper mini game where you get to flash devil horns at the crowd or play a sick solo yeah right so so they, yeah, they're gonna we, we... they're gonna have that real surface level connection there but uh and at the end, you're gonna you're gonna tell him you played real good, Carrie, and he's mm. gonna go thanks, big brother, while strumming your. <laughs> I get to keep your guitar, and then my favorite moment of the whole game is when he hands you his gun. He's like, you know what, V, you can have this, and he just like pulls a gun out of nowhere, and for like for like uh, again, uh, I counted for 36 full frames, the the barrel of the gun is like perfectly centered at the camera as he pulls mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's it's like he very well can shoot you in the face. I had a good time uh, editing things flying out of the gun and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and centering on the camera with the doom shotgun sound effect. He's like, "Here you go." He's just so happy looking after like 30 seconds of dialogue and then he just pulls the gun out at the end. Pulls the gun on you, yeah. To have to have the sound really muted uh, underneath the narration and music in a video mm-hmm. and then have the gun come at the end. It was one of my favorite punchlines of the video and it is uh, I believe that's the final uh, the final moment of the Johnny Silverhand quest line. Is that a uh, is that moment right that's that's it yeah yeah so you're fully so, done with it wait is johnny satisfied at the end of all that is he satisfied 
that is the question because we go through this this whole thing we we get the band back together we put on the performance which like you said is very it it is cool but it like rings a little hollow because it feels like you are just kind of doing a quick time event to music and it does very much feel like going through the motions and it's kind of neat but also kind of like oh this is not like what the videos made it look like this is not what the memory of johnny like johnny's memories are probably better than this and you you get to a point where it's like is the hollowness the point am i giving the Mm. writers and designers too much credit Mm -hmm, Uh, how mm -hmm. much credit is too much credit uh where how much self-awareness is at work here right so you know there's Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of that element to it but uh I feel like it 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 works uh, as a person who's been in a bunch of bands uh, and as a person who uh uh, uh may or may not be getting sort of old uh you mm-hmm. know and just uh, I feel like there's there's enough truth in there uh uh for me to feel a little bit uncomfortable but also a little bit uh, a little bit uh, like I experienced a literary catharsis through this 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 ghost mm. trying mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have a meaningful they're trying to haunt meaningfully this world he no longer occupies. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's all capstoned with the ending stuff, which is the true magic trick of one of these big ultra complicated video games. The true magic trick is, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. can you dovetail that into the, the main narrative? Can you uh, in, connect it meaningfully enough? Uh, and I, I think they, I think they pull it off. I, I would give it to them for that. Mm-hmm. I'd say they pull it off. Yeah. Ken, how do you kind of feel about like the the wrapping up of of Johnny's ghost? I really love right. the ghost thing. Yeah, Johnny's yeah. ghost story here. Yeah, I think I'm. I like it a lot because I do think it. I think the Johnny quest and the Carrie quest go hand in hand in a way, and in, in a way that I think is similar to how like you know all the stuff you do with Pan Am adjacent to Rogue is you know something that's built on Pan Am's actual quests and the way that all the save and Evelyn stuff goes into like you know, meaningfully segues into Judy's quest, which, you know, River is, like, the one outlier of the, the romance options that doesn't really seem like they, he has, like, the the preamble before his actual... Yeah, his River, his River stuff's thing. weird, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a... Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I... Because I... But that last scene has always been significant to me. I feel like it's more significant now as, like, I'm playing through the game again with, like, some level of hindsight of how I experienced the game and what I'm... And, then, you know, with, with some forethought into where we're going to go in the next few episodes because the best moment of that is like you know okay johnny gives carrie the, the guitar he starts strumming on it and as soon as you you, talk, you pop the pills switch back to v that's when carrie like tries to say something again to johnny like doesn't really yeah like it, yeah. It has moment where, like he's about to speak to him and then he realizes oh he's gone mm-hmm. and because like you know then he gives that's when he gives v the gun and he kind of like leaves in a hurry and johnny's just like all so self-satisfied about it he's like yeah, we did it. We fixed. We fixed Carrie. We're we're good. Not realizing <laughs> yeah. that he left this huge like wreck, like, this train yeah. wreck. And in then his the, wake. the real and, story of Carrie has only right. hasn't even really begun right, at that right. point. It's uh, the Johnny's. It's it's like there's this uh, this gray area overlap in these in this open world narrative video game design where you have to you have to have a, a gradient out from one mm. side quest chain and then mm. a gradient mm-hmm. into the other but there is for a, that dialogue there is the moment where it is not where Carrie's quest has not begun and Johnny's quest has not ended right and then right. it's like there's there's you know the, the handoff that happens there is very sublime mm. 
And it's like mm-hmm. where Carrie's quest is not Carrie's story has not even really begun. And you realize this wasn't Carrie's story. You're just right. uh, you're viewing him as a as a secondary or tertiary character in this. Right. And, uh, you know, how how much do you feel uh, how much empathy do you feel for him in any of these moments? Um, are you are you willing to amplify that? And, you know, if so, you're going to follow down this uh, the quest line that I think is the real resolution of the Johnny quest line, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is, you know, what in fiction writing they call a no resolution resolution. So it's uh, it's you have to remove Johnny from, you know, and again, how sad is this speaking to uh the, the deepest pit of a, of a midlife crisising man's despair. How, how sad is it that you have to remove Johnny from his own story to mm. actually mm. see a, a resolution to it, right? Mm, and right. it's, uh, mm. uh, that's uh, the, the whole Carrie thing. You get to see the midlife crisis of a man who is still alive, right? Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and is actually, you know, a significant great deal more human then and I don't I don't want to get into it because I have too much stuff to say about the carry quests, um, but yeah, yeah man, yeah man, good it's very good stuff. Uh, as yeah. as a wrapping thought here on on like you know Johnny and and Carrie and all that, um, and and this entire quest line, I do think this was the moment that uh, I was like they they had something. I think I've been very reticent to be into the silver hand quest line for a lot of reasons you know we talked Mm -hmm. really early on about the idea of like oh the jackie montage and that just like speeds over a bunch of stuff i wanted to see it feels like the game jumps from v thinking about becoming a legend to v you're gonna die how will you be a legend like very that that middle part is just glossed over very fast and i think the silver hand stuff makes it feel at least somewhat earned and and it gives you that moment of like okay this is what the game is really trying to grapple with right like not just the idea of what is a legend in night city and how do you leave your mark but like does that mark persist like what does that mark Mm -hmm. even mean and especially the idea of someone going back to see how their legacy is remembered maybe having a rude awakening about it is just a really interesting complicated narrative that i do think it reminds me of the reasons why i like stuff like cd projects other work like you know the witcher 3 where they do kind of get into some really interesting stuff about um these these characters and the lives they lead and how they're remembered it this this quest line oddly feels very reminiscent to me of like hearts of stone from from the witcher 3 and I dug that. I dug that a lot. I think this was maybe one of the stronger narrative points for me where the game gave me a little bit more to work with and a little bit more to think about in the process. But uh, it's almost literary at times, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's, uh, um, it's, I mean, I play a lot of the AAA video games. Uh, this is kind of a more, um, uh, it, it's more interesting to me just on a, you know, on a surface level. It's, it's just mm-hmm. more interesting to me to see these big swings narrative right like they're they're swinging for the fences for a couple of things and not not necessarily you know i like to see a good 300 uh hit batting average uh mm. you know narrative design where you should bring baseball into this uh, <laughs> uh that's a reference to the gold baseball bat you get during uh-huh. uh, the, the, uh-huh. the, the the pool cement side quest um not really uh, um but you know I, I i'm interested in seeing that a little bit more than um I'm interested in seeing a game like The Last of Us, which bats a thousand at all of the uh, the, the the well-worn narrative uh, the situations mm-hmm. that have been uh, 
uh, you know, perfected elsewhere, machined to perfection in video games and movies and integrated that way with, with gameplay and, you know, bounce everything essentially off of every other element. I, I really like just kind of seeing these, you know, because isn't life a little more messy, right? Uh, you mm. know, and it's, 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 I really like seeing this kind of uh, hairy mess in the middle of a video game, which is kind of what these cutscenes are. Not perfect. Mm. Um, good yeah they're pretty good you know w would you play a video game that was just this probably not right you know we're getting to that buffet style video game mm -hmm. question mm -hmm. here right mm -hmm. it's like uh you know would you eat just one item from your favorite buffet uh as a meal no probably not right it's the it's the combination that brings it out um i mm -hmm. i feel like uh, this uh as a as an emotional core of the third act experience um is this the first you're talking strictly about the third act yeah this is this is immediately like us in the uh, third act this oh, is the first third act part yeah, yeah brilliant because i feel like this is the uh this is where the player would naturally be induced mm -hmm. to begin mm. their third act uh you know, delayance of the inevitable. Uh, Absolutely. See Hanako at Embers, and then when you mm -hmm. see Hanako at Embers, that's when the the uh, you know the relic chip starts to really act up, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it waits until whenever you're ready uh, mm -hmm. for it to finally reach the point where where you know good old uh, Sky Doctor says, "How much longer is this going to go on?" Right, Doctor <laughs> Victor. You know, like it it re it takes until that point. So it's like. The player is uh, preconditioned from playing any video games to know that they they can kill time now and they can have a good mm -hmm. time, um, but yeah, they can they can do what they want to do in the plot, mm -hmm. um, and I do believe this is the first of those side quests, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's uh, you're now you're now ingratiated fully into Act Three of the game, and you're left mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. end of this side quest. You're left at the end of this side quest chain. Um, I mean, you should be in in a perfect video game right here. You would be awe-inspired at the bigness mm. of the world of the game and the wideness, the width of the possibility space. And mm -hmm. you would be inspired and just bodily invested in doing a whole bunch of side quests to feel more of this world, right? And that's, uh, in that regard, whether it succeeds or not, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think it pulls that off perfectly, but this is where that would happen in mm. you know the the messiah of video game of open world video games mm. um like uh you would be like oh yeah it's a big old world out there let's uh what else can you know it's v's gonna die too what can v do right what can v mm. do to really make a mark um if uh stuff goes bad because it's pressed into you that the ending is gonna be it's a it's a it's a crapshoot it's a high possibility of failure, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, what can we do to make the most of our time before we make that final big wager? And it ends up, you know, a bunch of janitor work, basically, right? <laughs> Is uh, what, and it's like, I don't feel like V gets a meaningful, um, we don't really get to see much of that character. The V's entire character's predicated on the fact that to, you know, I had a friend and he died, right? Mm, it's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay. And how did he die? He died in a, in a pretty uh, signature manner. So there's a, there's a lot to that. Right. But it's, uh, I feel like V's never really given any of the, of the funeral rights that, for example, Johnny Silverhand is given. Mm. And, uh, 
you know, one could explain that away as V is the role-playing vessel, right? So, mm-hmm. like, uh, but I don't know. Past a certain point, I kind of did want a little bit more. Mm. Um, and now I'm just kind of a, oh, finally, I've begun just kind of rambling, LMAO. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Ken, do you have any closing thoughts on Johnny Silverhand here? Uh, I got a lot of thoughts on Johnny Silverhand that will probably best saved for the next episode because I feel like that, like I said, that what's coming next feels for very the, the carry stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feels very much all encompassing of my feelings about mm. him, his relationship to the people around him in life and in death. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we'll, we'll say, we'll say stay tuned for the next one, but as always, we are Normandy FM, a retrospective podcast that covers games, book club style throughout uh, the years we have done a mass effect dragon age jade empire the last of us part one and two final fantasy 10 and 10 2 and now we're on cyberpunk 2077 we only have a few episodes left at this point we've got carrie we've got the side quest and we've got the finale uh but those are all coming along in a little bit if you want to back us if you want to help us out you can head over to patreon.com slash normandyfm where any amount will get you into our backer discord at the next tier up you will get these episodes as soon as ken is done editing them you won't have to wait for the free uh feed to roll them out at the highest tier you get your name shouted out each episode in this episode we have quite a few more names uh shout outs to everybody who's been backing ken in the wake of all the fanbite news and stuff like that we love to see it it is fantastic to see all in here so this list of names this week is mercedes cluis meredith shane erickson darius pippins genevieve barba seth pitts alex stadnick joshua jarvis andrea sheeran christoph weiss 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 i don't know grimoire weiss maybe i'm not sure (laughs) uh christoph weiss and john warren hey john how you doing uh nice to see y'all in there thank you so much for the support our next episode will be the carry quest including rebel rebel i don't want to hear it off the leash and boat drinks it's ken's greatest dream boyfriend 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 (laughs) but before we bounce tim where can mm-hmm. the folks at home find you and all the wonderful stuff you do on the internet? Well, uh, you can just find me on youtube.com slash action button. Uh, uh, I'm just action button. That's me. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, there's some stuff on there. There's a couple of things on there. There's going to be some more stuff on there soon. Uh, I just I, I make videos and, uh, you know, I don't make too many of them. But uh, I've got one about cyberpunk that if you wanted to watch that uh if you want a whole lot more of basically this, uh, there's there's a lot of that in there. Um, uh, that's me. Heck yeah, heck uh, yeah! Thank, thank you, you so much for coming on the show yeah. today. It was great chatting. Oh, well, thanks for inviting me. Um, I, uh, I I I like this video game. It's a really uh, it's, interesting it, game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting is you know what? That's the right word. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting game uh, uh, for a variety of reasons, and uh, I think I'm gonna play it again someday oh, i don't know wow. how i don't know how soon i played through it uh, three times um mm. the mm. third playthrough was only about 18 hours which is interesting you can get through it pretty mm. fast mm-hmm. uh the b line uh ending but uh you know it's all told 200 some hours i'm probably gonna i'll do another nice little playthrough i'm uh, just waiting for them to announce they've added something a little bit more you know yeah just yeah, a little, wait for that that DLC. That DLC mm-hmm. will be a good excuse. Yeah, to maybe maybe in. around the DLC time, I'll 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 fire up a full run through. The cars yeah. are better to drive now, so. Uh, 
Are they yeah. degrees? Degrees of better. <laughs> if, you, sure. if, you, if you never played the game pre-patch, the cars were real bad. Yes. Now they're just, mm-hmm. just kind of yeah. bad. So Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for hanging out and chatting. Thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. We will see you next time. See you next episode for Tim, for Ken, for myself. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll catch you next episode on Normandy FM. Oh, <laughs>